What's up, people? Otep Jesus. With another video. For my old people, for my old, old time on YouTube. Y'all know that intro. Once again, we are back with another uncomfortable conversation. I got a guest today that y'all been waiting for. I know a lot of y'all been anticipating. This is a great conversation. I think Chad was the one that was like, yo, you need to get Eric on. And I was like, yo, like, why didn't I fucking do that? Like, why hasn't that happened yet? But I think now with like the, a lot of momentum that my, my channel is getting, I think it's a great thing. But before we bring Eric on, I just like to say I'm a three time tech startup co-founder uh, co and founder. Got two, possibly three, maybe another AI company coming soon. But I'm in AI, I'm in uh, cryptocurrency. And uh, everybody knows Jiffetize, the tool to rip GIFs and videos from Twitter. All those links are in the description box. I'm also a two-time author, three-time coming soon. But you can also get my books in the description box below. I wrote Dominate Twitter. It's the one that all of my grandchildren have, have learned from via everybody else still in my work <laughs> and repackaging it and repurposing it and selling to other people. But if you want to learn Twitter, you got to get Dominate Twitter, the originator of all this and how to build your Twitter following. And I also wrote The Unbreakable Rules of Masculinity, which is my guide to how men should deal with women. And, and whether you're single or in a relationship, it's definitely for you. It's a very stoic piece of work. Uh, it's not a pickup artist book. So if you need if you have problems picking up girls, this will help you. But it wasn't written for that purpose. So without further ado, after we've already paid the bills, I'd like to introduce to you today my guest, the incomparable Eric July. What's up, my brother? How you feeling? Doing good, man. Can't complain at all. And I appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's an honor. We connected about what two, three years ago? Yeah, about about yeah. We've been. I mean, I think a lot of people like think we don't know each other. Like we've been connected. It's just the first time we kind of did one of these things. Yeah, you know what I think it is when when you're a public figure like we are, and we're really popular. I think you can agree we don't check the timeline as much as some other people, right? Right, right, right. Because when we get online, we got to catch up with our mentions, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> so. I don't even sometimes I get online, I don't even see an Eric July tweet, you know, so I, I wouldn't have that opportunity to interact because I just don't see it. And Eric and I both follow a whole bunch of influential people. So it's just by dumb luck we might see each other or somebody might pass it to our DM. So people might not know because they don't see us interact. They right, might right. think like we don't know each other. Right. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Nah, I know Eric. We connected a while ago. Um, I love, love, love what you bring to the table from a very masculine point of view. There's no soy involved, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You, um, what's up with the beard? Why you go to beard? Was, is that the look? Is it? Are you Muslim? Yeah, man, you know, you know. Nah, man. Just, mainly, I look like a damn child uh, without <laughs> it. You know what I mean? So, uh, like people that have seen me without it, there's not a whole lot of pictures floating around. But people that have seen me without it, I look like I'm 15. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Like I, I got to do, man, because I can't, I can't go around having people checking my damn ID wherever I go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I used to have that problem too. Yo, <laughs> only thing helping me out now is I got the grades coming in on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? but you know, I was, you know, I think I was thirty, still getting carded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but now I just love that. Um, 
you bring a very masculine approach to all of this, right? So the first thing we got to talk about is them hoe-ass roads, right? <laughs> <laughs> so first, right? So when people talk about, you know, when we give that sort of anarchish feel, right? The mm-hmm. removal of government. People go, well, how, well, how are we going to get our roads, right? And this this is where it spawned. You said, man, fuck them whole-ass roads, right? <laughs> yeah, that's where all that spawned because it's like one of the main go-tos. It's like a random thing, right? People that fucking bring it up. Like, uh, anytime you are in opposition to what the government does, definitely when it comes to taxation, that's one of the first things. It's like random. Like, it's one of the first things of all things, which you would think was because roads have existed throughout for centuries. You know what I mean? You think that that would be like, I think we could figure that one out. You know what I'm saying? But that's one of the first ones people throw out there, like, like roads. And I'm like, fuck them. Like, that's like, give me something else. Like, give me something a little more difficult to to deal with. Like, if, if, if society was a little freer, but fucking flat spaces, man, the concrete is like, come on, man. Like, come on. What are we doing here, man? Yeah, I think it's sad that people are so pampered that they think that we wouldn't be able to figure out the road problem. <laughs> like, I'm sure we could figure out the Romans figured that shit out. That's what I'm know? saying. Like, this, is, this is like not a new phenomenon, man. Like, this is something like they people have figured, even animals have figured figured this out. You could go in the woods and there's deer trails, man. Like, it, it's like if they can figure out, I'm sure we can figure it out. We don't need like this sort of centralized authority to just lecture everybody on how exactly this this needs to be done. And, you know, when they do it anyway, it's going to be at its most of inefficiency uh, regardless. But it's such a simple thing. But for whatever reason, people cannot wrap their minds around it. But you put it perfectly. It's a pamper thing. It's like all it takes is really one generation, really for the for the state to control something and and and, and do it for everybody. All it really takes is one generation. Like if if the gen- if the, the state said, you know what? We gonna control all shoes. You know what I mean? Like if you got shoes, you gotta have it issued through us. Next generation of people would be like, "There's no way that the government that we we'd have shoes without <laughs> without the state sort of uh, issuing shoes." This is kind of how how they're indoctrinated. Yeah, and the other thing is, our roads suck. <laughs> our roads suck. You know, and and I think it's a scam because every winter. You know, they put salt on the road and the salt destroys the road. And then the next year they coming back and they patching up the road and got it repaved. They get dig it up and then they repave it and they yep. dig it up and they repave it. I know it. I used to work for the Department of Public Works when I was when I was uh, 20. So these these whole ass roads <laughs> suck. In fact, when we look at Rome, the, the roads in Rome are still yep, intact. Yep, yep. Still there. <laughs> it's still intact. They're in better condition from goddamn Caesar to what we got now in modern society. So I agree when you say fuck them whole ass roads because our roads suck. Yeah, they're trash. They're trash. And, and look, I mean, you obviously it's going to be done at its most inefficient in, in its most inefficient way when you consider the fact of how they get their money uh, and, and so forth. They have no incentive. Like they're not incentivized. Like you, you, you know this as as an entrepreneur. You know that. You know, it's one thing for you to have to, you know, I have to come like convince people to like give me money towards whatever good or service that I'm offering. Right. That's like you. So you have to be efficient because if you're not, you you don't get the money. It's simple as that. Whereas this government or the the state that controls the, the damn roads, it's like. They can pimp the money out of you. They can print it uh, out of like, you know, and obviously sell off assets of, of, of your unborn if they wanted to do that. 
so they can get the money to make these. So of course they, they have no incentive to be, to be efficient. This is why you see, you know, you drive down the road and you see like fucking one guy actually working and five guys are just standing around. I'm not even doing, doing a goddamn thing. You know what I mean? When it comes to actually fixing uh, these roles or they take entirely too long. Um, and this is why even, even right now in, in different parts of the countries, the one that are in best shape are the private ones, like the ones that, you know, toll roads and so forth. You know, when are you seeing like when on like an actual, privately owned like toll road and seeing a pothole you probably never have they're like in the best shape and there's a reason for that mm -hmm. even when you look at china people like to dig on china china build a whole highway while you sleep yep <laughs> you know it'll be a thousand workers out there that highway you go to bed when you wake up the highway done in america oh no the, the, the when they get these contracts they milking them yep. they milking them milking them milking them um so you know i just love that we got a chance to talk about the whole sure, ass show sure, sure. <laughs> you know what i mean um so your hat you know you had this hat i just posted uh, a screenshot uh, on my on the channel and the hat reads taxation is theft right mm -hmm. so what's the how do you red pill what's the red pill for people when you talk about taxes how do you explain that to somebody yep. who's blue pilled on this topic yeah, like, you know, taxation, obviously, it comes in many forms. Um, I know the most obvious and the most blatant form is, you know, income tax. It's not the only one. I think actually the most offensive one is property tax because the government actually tries to they basically say they own your, your, your shit. You know what I mean? Because no matter if you have it paid off or, or what have you, they're still collecting on it. So it's almost like you're renting it from them or they feel as if that's that's more so what what, what you're doing. But, you know. Taxation, when you look at how it's collected, I know a lot of people immediately go to like the things that they feel like they actually want the state to do. Even in a freer society, we'd be like a service that they've monopolized. Unfortunately, we generally see as a generally maybe a good thing. Defense, security, uh, you know, stuff like that. But the, the reason why we say it's theft and more accurately, it'll be like more e extortion or uh, theft by way of extortion is more so what it is, because it's like they, they hold a gun to your head and say, OK, if you don't give it to us, we blast it. You know what I mean? And we will send someone to come stomp a mud hole in you in the event that you decide to to resist. But it's not anything that you're paying for voluntarily. Like I said a while ago, it's one like if you have a good or a service, I want it. I pay you, you, you value obviously the money over the service. I value the service over the money, voluntary exchange. We're good to go. Whereas mm. taxes are levied upon you. They're forced upon you. It's like, if you don't pay it, then you're getting jacked. They're going to come get it one way or another. They'll lock you up in a cage. They'll, they'll, you know, garnish it in some way shape or form uh they'll find you uh even more like they will it's, it's coercion it's, it's actual textbook coercion in a sense of how taxes work and it doesn't even matter if you generally see something that the state does uh that you generally find would be a favorable thing for someone to do it doesn't even matter because i'm willing to bet that there are things that the state does that you don't want your money going to if you look no further than an election to prove that there's mm. plenty of people that sit here and are, obviously that's what the elections are for is people fighting to get in control of, of said uh, resources, money to do what it is that they want them to personally do. So you obviously think there's an issue with it as well, um, you know, because you get out there and you maybe vote, you go do all these different. I don't personally do it, but these guys get out there. But I'm just saying like the election in itself highlights how people have an issue 
with where their money is going. But that's why we call it extortion. That's why we call it coercion. That's why we call it theft, because it's levied upon you. It's forced upon you. It is not a voluntary exchange in which you see someone that has a service that has a good and you voluntarily pay for it. It's the, the state has claimed a monopoly generally on the service, meaning that it's illegal to compete with the state. If someone else tried to do what the state does, they going they gonna throw them in the slammer. But you know, they've claimed monopoly on it. No matter if I wanted them to, to do it, I didn't ask them to build roads. I didn't ask them to do all these things. This is something that they forced everybody else on. They claim illegitimately claimed it and then said, Where's the loot? It's the literal equivalent to me walking to my neighbor's house, mowing the grass, and then holding them up with the with the AR and saying, Hey man. I need you to pay up. He's like, dude, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you to mow my grass. I didn't ask for that. You know what I'm saying? But that's why it's, it's it, we call it coercion because it's forcefully levied upon you. And if you don't believe that, that they won't choke you out over it, look no further than Eric Garner. That's specifically what got what got that man killed selling untaxed, uh, you know, cigarettes. But it's it's it, it's coercion and it's extortion. Mm, mm, good point. It reminds me of like I remember as a kid. I used to watch like these medieval cartoons or just medieval movies, right? And um, you know, you got the guys coming around, the soldiers come around, the knights come around and knock on the door, tax collector, tax collector, right? Yeah. And, and then and if you ain't had the money, you know, you, you in the cartoons there was always like, we don't have enough money. So then they whooped your ass, <laughs> you know what I mean? They pushed your woman on the ground and they dragged you off to jail, yep. right? So yep. people say, oh, we live in the government and, you know, I mean, a republic. And then I'm like, yo, this shit sound like living under a king and queen still. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sound obviously close to it, um, if not, because that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. The only reason why people comply with it is because they don't want to end up like that. You know, they don't want to end up dragged up out of their house, but they absolutely will do it and they depend on that coercion to get that money that's how they get the money from you nobody's actually going out of their way to just give them taxes that's not how it works it wouldn't the system wouldn't exist if that was the case it's levied upon you it's forced um upon you it can't be described in, in any other way aside from theft man because that's that's absolutely what it is are you familiar with what happened to wesley snipes no, I, I know that he had some tax issues. I don't know exactly what happened. Right, yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar. I was hoping you were familiar mm -hmm. with his case, you know, but yeah, like, you know, Wesley is, you know, our black hero. He yep. was blamed, yep. goddamn it. Goddamn, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all took Passenger 57 to jail. You took Nino Brown, pass, uh, 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 a Blade to jail over taxes. Unbelievable. I, you know, and that that really highlighted for me, you know, about this taxation system that they could lock somebody who's rich as him up, mm, mm. you know, and I was always wondering, like, I know he got money for attorneys. So how didn't he beat that case? So, I, you know, I, I hope somebody has the information can tell me like the details. I want to really, really learn about that. So so uh, asking for more education from you. Um, yep. Taxes. You mentioned things are tax money is being spent on things that we're not uh, privy to or we're not aware of. Do you are you do you know what some of these things are? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, I mean, look, like, <laughs> do we want to really get into the the petrodollar and warfare, like how warfare sort of uh, uh, funds the? Are, are we ready for that pill? Right? How warfare really funds welfare statism um, and so forth. But aside from just, I know a lot wait, of people wait, have it. Whoa, whoa, you you can't just. 
breeze past can't that just top. Breeze like that. I just can't no, breeze to break that down. Yeah, right. So, so look, look at it like this, right? So people understand what just for because I want the audience to really understand what we, what we mean when we say this. You understand what the military? It, pretty much every individual understands. Like there's a, there's a military industrial complex and, yes. and and pretty much everybody is privy to that pretty much everybody understands it but you have to break it down in terms of like you can't not let the federal i think the federal reserve and you maybe agree with this the federal reserve seems to get away with like th that's one of the if not the most criminal institution that may exist you know what i mean when you look at in, in america and throughout america's history yeah. and how what they basically what it allowed them to do i mean 1913 fucking sucked by the way because that's when the income tax came and the federal reserve uh was implemented but if you look at the federal reserve and what it is that that it does and and, and how it actually operates what it allows the state to do and let's start there i can't even talk about the warfare state without breaking that down first but okay. the, the the federal reserve allows the state to monetize their debt is basically what it allows them to do. So what I mean by that is that money that they otherwise do not have, they know they don't have it. They deficit spend every single year. They And they gladly admit this shit. They yeah. gladly admit it that they deficit spend. That's what a deficit is. A lot of people don't know what the difference between a deficit and a debt. Like the deficit is the money that they know they don't got but they're going to spend it anyway. And what allows them to do that is the fact that they're able to monetize it through the Federal Reserve. And then through the Federal Reserve in combination with the Treasury, Treasury, they're able to print money that doesn't even exist. You look on your dollar, it's essentially an IOU, man. It is not even fucking real uh, in a sense. It's not backed by really hardly anything. It's an IOU. It is a, it's not an actual like receipt of a gold back deal you know what i mean and he's showing it up right there it's a note you know what i mean it, it, it says note. this note is legal tender for all debts public and private bingo bingo it's not even real it's not even real but the federal that's the reason why uh you know what i mean that that actually exists but when you look at when they print the money, when they when they when they generally they print the money, Federal Reserve decides whatever. And again, in combination with the, with the Treasury, they end up printing the money. Right. They print the money. It, it's going to be pretty much everybody at the top banks, uh, you know, uh, war efforts and, and, and so forth is what all of your money that and what they're really doing again, because it's an IOU. And I almost failed to mention this because it's an IOU. They're selling off assets of your unborn children. Mm. that's what they're actually selling off they're selling off debt that they're passing on to people that ain't even ain't even alive yet that's mm. what they're that's whose money they're actually they're actually spending when that actually happens okay. but it's in it, it, the first people that have it's funny that a lot of these people want to gripe and complain about warfare statism they want to gripe and complain about rich people who do you hell do you think has access to the money first and foremost it's those institutions so if you're griping about I don't know income inequality that's a term that everybody likes to likes to throw out there yeah. you can't do that without attacking that federal reserve and the uh. reason why and if you so if you want to attack the warfare state you don't like the rich folk you don't like the banks you have to go after that 
Federal Reserve. But it's a reason why there ain't that many politicians that want to go actually in detail uh, uh, with it. I mean, you got the Ron Paul, really Ron Paul red pill a lot of people on 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 the Federal Reserve. But aside from him, you see a see a motherfucker mentioning and they like, you know, Federal Reserve. And then they go on about their business because they depend on that institution to fund all of their whimsical ideals. That's sort of what they have to do. That's how they operate. So anybody, anybody that has some of those things that I just mentioned, if you want to attack that, why, why does, why can the state or federal government afford to, to bomb fucking any and everybody in countries that fucking had nothing to do with anything? Why can they afford to do that? Look no further further than that central banking system. Look no further than the Federal Reserve. But you have to address that. It's not going to come by way of just implementing some sort of politician, Captain Saver, Negro, and, and he's just going to get everybody get everybody out of there. Uh, I, I, that's no. It's not. They're not even. Again, goes back to incentives. What incentive do they have? They can they can nation build. They can uh, uh, bomb the shit out of whoever. What incentive do they have when they can just print fucking money? out of thin air man that's a that's the core issue so anybody of, of those all things but warfare it's not just warfare statism it's, it's it's a lot of the things that i feel people gripe about that are legitimate when it comes to quote unquote inequality i don't think inequality is bad in itself i'm just saying like some right. of the things that they that they gripe about that are more so legitimate stems from that federal reserve and they have to address it and, and some people don't even know what the hell it is unfortunately and 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 that's that's very unfortunate it's very unfortunate because no issue is going to get resolved they're going to continue to spend the way they spend they they're going to continue to bomb the hell out of everybody they're going to continue to do all of these things until that gets addressed and that that sort of mechanism that allows them to monetize look, it would be criminal for me to to sit up here and spend all of this money that I don't have. It'd be criminal if any other individual did that. But the state not only does it, they they do it and they brag about it. It's like, yeah, we did we deficit spending. What the hell are you gonna do about it? The Federal Reserve allows us to do it. So you have to attack that if that's something that you wanna that you wanna address. And I mean, it, there's levels to it, but that's something that you have to address. If those things that I mentioned, if you actually have a a problem with it, it's not gonna go away by just putting in some politician that's just gonna, oh yeah, I'm gonna use my power to pull the troops away. That's not how it works, bro. It's not how it works. <laughs> I hold on, hold on. We're gonna read some super chats. If I read a super chat, there's a question. You don't gotta answer it right away. We'll come back to it Got after you. I read all the super chats. I just want to do some catching up. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Brody McFarlane holding me down. Shout out to Chad holding me down. Moderators in the chat. Appreciate you. Matthew Everickson, two dollars. Uh, super chat. Thank you. He said this month got more sick crossovers than Van Exel. Woo! <laughs> I love it. Yo, Van Exel was a beast. Was nice. Yeah. He, oh, it man was nice. That man was real nice. Yeah. Uh, the last chicken nugget. Uh, four ninety nine super chat. Thank you. She said, "Y'all need to be in anime or guest characters in the Boondocks or something." I need to see it. Oh man, uh, I could actually make that happen. I know a comic guy. <laughs> hey, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Line drinker four ninety nine. He said, "Have a beer on me. I'm not washing y'all feet." Damn, I was hoping to get my feet wild. <laughs> <laughs> Darnell Wallace, he said, read my comments starting at 1910. Okay, no doubt. Um, wait, something just happened. Uh, Chad Lemoyne, thank you. He said, yeah, but who will flip the sign from slow to stop and back? And who will drive the little construction zone pace car? Not so easy now, is it? <laughs> Chad got jokes. 
Space Monkey, thank you. $20. He said, thanks for all the knowledge drops. Hotep, your channel has been on fire. Thank you. Hell yeah, it's been on fire. I don't, I don't know what happened. It just is. Uh, Wardam ATL, thank you. $20 Super Chat. He said, Mac in the Super Chat. Who's Mac? Shout out to Mac. Um, Chad, he said, defund the Fed. Word. Mm. Um, oh, excuse me. Against the, the redacted will have you mysteriously fall off the 20th floor of a building, Putin style. Putin style. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Mazaja Halima, what's up, girl? She said, Game of War is destroy and rebuild Babylon, Syria, Insta. Some of you will uh, live to see it. Shout out to Hotep, love for the nation, July Nation. I was here, great peeps. Just appreciate you. Uh, Darren Dehoda, uh, government is an illusion in the mind of the governed. Government is an illusion in the mind of the governors. Great convo, guys. Thank y'all for the super chat. Appreciate you. If you got questions, go ahead, drop them in the super chat. I'll give those preferential treatment first. So, Eric, tell me, what is the government spending the money on that we would not approve? What are they wasting our dollars on? Man, I mean, look, for, for me, there's, um, there's, I mean, there's a whole whole list of damn things that i would rather the state not spend money on i mean okay. st obviously we start with we start with war uh war efforts um if people i mean blowback is a real thing right and i know people like for the immigration thing this is a, i know a lot of people get you want to talk about immigration right uh definitely among among the west and a lot of people have an issue with this you can imagine bombing the shit out of uh, out of someone and their or their family members and so forth which is generally how it happens this is how people get radicalized yes um is that you they see that their fathers their brothers sisters mothers and so forth got killed by some drone or something like that yep. um us us marked uh you know drone or, or what have you mm -hmm. that in itself radicalizes them because and it's it's understand i mean i'm not gonna excuse them for wanting to maybe terrorize other people that i'm not doing i just want everybody to be clear that's not what i'm doing what i'm saying is you can imagine someone because you think think about if the if the chinese or someone came over here and killed your own killed your mother you knew it was a chinese marked agent of the government an agent of the state how is that gonna make you feel mm -hmm. it's gonna piss you off Right. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is why a lot of these people over there who maybe weren't radicalized at first, but they're like, I want to get these motherfuckers back. Right. right. And, I, and and what they and unfortunately they destroy. It's not that they just destroy uh, their own areas, but they're incentivized to try to maybe plant people to destroy us over here um, and, and so forth. But what it does is it perpetuates this sort of cycle, definitely among, uh, uh, you know, we've seen this in the Middle East where we've been out there for i mean a lot of people think it started with 9 11. we've been out there actually way before there we've been out there we've been out there long been the middle east is it's an ever-going cycle you know what i mean as far yeah, as I mean, um, afghanistan russia yeah, yeah, yeah i mean yeah. you remember the iran because what was reagan the whole iran contra thing that was back when reagan was president you know right. what i mean so right. it's like what it's what it's doing is it, it's an ever-ending cycle and then you get people who feel like that it's their duty to nation build right mm -hmm. uh you know you saw what happened you know in, in syria and people want to they, they look at these these leaders of certain nations and they're like well those aren't generally good people i'm not saying they are but you see what happens when you take them off the map 
And now that area breaks off into chaos. You know what I mean? We saw that's literally what happened in Syria. Destabilizing the area. Bingo. You know what I mean? They destabilized the area. And it's a and because you're trying to nation build, you're talking about a completely different culture. It's an ever going cycle. People don't like you in their countries. People keep bombing you, bombing them back. You you use the fact that they because you in their country, which is crazy how how many how many different countries U.S. is stationed in. Uh, but they're bombing the hell out of other people and then other people bomb them back and then they bomb. It's an ever going cycle and it never ends. And the U.S. is obviously spending billions upon billions upon hundreds of billions Mm-hmm. Of dollars, trillions of dollars added up, yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, in, in this, and that's again, that's coming out of your tax money, right? Uh, but also, again, they're selling off the debt. So, war efforts is something that I've never, I've never actually, you know, obviously been been fond of, and it's not just because I'm a guy that 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 holds tight to maybe the the principle of non-aggression. Again, I'm looking at it from a long-term perspective when it comes to to you know these concepts of of, of blowback and, and so forth you know what i mean like i don't want folks just hating people just to be hating but you you incentivize them to do exactly that when you go into they own go into these guys country try to uh you know give them a little bit of freedom a little bit of democracy dare <laughs> i say and end up destabilizing the entire area uh so that is one one thing welfare statism is another big thing that obviously i have a lot of big problems with as far as what it does, and I think it goes against human nature in that it incentivizes, um, it more so incentivizes failure. You know what okay. I mean? And, and what I mean by that is that how it works is that the state says, we're going to give you this money. We're going to give you this housing. We're going to give you all of this. And the minute that you get above that certain line of, of success, dare I say, we're stripping it right away from you. And and what that does and is incentivize people to remain exactly where 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 they're at. So in my honest opinion, I think stuff like the way again, not just from the fact that it's theft. I'm just looking at it. This taxation. Uh, I don't want my money being rerouted to these guys. It's not just that. It's looking at it that it gets in the way of human progress, because what incentive do you have to innovate when everything is just given to you? You know what I mean? Like, and I know, again, you speak from a guy that's also an entrepreneur. You know that you see a problem, you identify a problem, you create a solution and you get paid off of it. And it's a wonderful feeling, right? What welfare statism does is hinder that process. It decentivizes, de-incentivizes that sort of process where people can actually create. People can be innovative and so forth because it incentivizes you to remain exactly where you're at. So you got warfare statism, you have welfare statism that I obviously have an issue with, but also with, I mean, hell, be it, you know, we're talking about this whole thing with, you know, George Floyd and all these other things. I look at security and defense as another another thing that when you look at modern policing in America, mm-hmm. obviously it's an out, out, outdated system. Yes. Everything is digitized. Everything is connected as, as, as it's ever been, more than it's ever been. It is no reason for you to have people actively um, policing it, 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 so, sort of in, in that regards. But mm-hmm. you know that humans, man, they got this way, man, within a market of, of, of solving an issue that you otherwise generally would have never like thought could have been possible. I mean, damn it. We all got phones, man. We got we have computers basically in our hands. You couldn't even think of that 20 years ago, man. But why can that innovation not apply to something like defense? 
you know, or security, even court systems. I know that may be going to an anarchist for a lot of a lot of people out there. But even those right there, why can't there be competing firms? Um, and, and be it, I don't know, by the way, I'm not saying like I know exactly how it'll be how it'll be done. That's precisely why I'm against the state, because the state pretends like it knows everything like it, it's just the prime it's the prime arbiter it, it's the prime innovator and what they do the way they do it is the only way that it can be done so again going back to incentives what incentive do people have to create voluntary forms of security more efficient forms uh, uh, of security why can't they create that even cheaper cheaper when you know how much local police uh departments making man you like them I, I feel like we could be using that money for for a lot of other things or we could come up with something that's way more cheaper than what as the active police are right now that could do maybe a similar things because yeah i get it there are things that we generally find bad murder all of those sorts of things and we want people to be apprehended maybe in that regards the problem is, is that the state has claimed a monopoly on that particular process and we don't have any we what we can't we literally couldn't create an alternative if we wanted to because they jail us for it. Yeah. So when I look at taxes going to that again, it goes into getting in the way. And I think that's what I want a lot of followers to understand. Look, I know that I talk about all the time, the theft, the process and how they collect it. But think about how it's used and how it gets in the way of human progress. Whether it be whether it be again through warfare, welfare, uh, defense, security, and all of those different things that your money goes towards, uh. there's a lot of smart people in these worlds and a lot of smart minds. When you get them in groups that can come up and solve a lot of solutions, why can't? That's the question that I ask. I understand how it's happening, but my question to other people is like, well, why can't we accept that food is best left up to the market? We accept that all of these other things that we generally utilize, if government's not in it. It's best. It, it, it's best. Why can that not apply to the other things that the state has claimed monopoly on? Oh, yeah, man. You just hit me with a hammer. Um, So one thing I want to touch on is welfare. Right. So yeah, yeah. I hit a rough patch in my life, as many people do. Yep. And um, I remember my girl telling me, you know, you could get welfare and, and this, that and the third. And I looked at her. If I have a second, I considered it. Yeah. And my parents are, are very well off and I considered asking them for money. And I'm not going to say there were times where I didn't ask for did ask them for money. Um, but I'm very, I got a lot of pride. Right. And my pride was like. I can't go to no welfare office. I can't be seen in no welfare office like I didn't want to be around that. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And, and so so the reason why I brought that up is because. I'm thinking, well, what if I would have went down to the welfare office, mm. right? Would I have created that blog that I created out of desperation that got me to 50 cent? You know what I mean? Like, mm. would I have spent that so much time on it? I think the money would have probably made me a little bit more complacent. Absolutely. And, you know, I always talk about people and, and they say, um, you know, how do you uh, get into entrepreneurship? I say, quit your job. Watch how fast your ass kicking the overdrive. <laughs> When that when you know you got to pay rent next month and you ain't got it, man, you know I mean? incentives and, it, and it, it's how it works. It's exactly how incentives, how it, how it works. And and yeah, I mean, my mother was the same way, man, uh, in that she was she was very prideful and that kind of bled under me. You know what I mean? It's like even in the rough patches and I grew up doing a lot of knucklehead shit, man. Um, and even in my rough patches, I'm like. This isn't this isn't something that I want to do. But you're right like that. It incentivizes you to be complacent, because, again, in the event you start to make money, 
they're going to strip that away from you anyway. And mm. it, it's a trap. It's a, it, That's the way I look at it. A lot of people look at it as like, oh, these people need it. I look at it like it's a trap because these people aren't able to progress and be the best that they could possibly be because what incentive do they possibly have? And like you said, someone loses their job. And if they know, if they know that nothing's coming in, they kick it in the a lot of other senses that you would even know that you had start to kick in, man. And you like, shit, I could do things that I, I couldn't even think about doing because you understand that your livelihood is dependent upon this. Right. But what, what, you know, the state, what welfare statism, it gets in the way of that. And and I'm willing to bet because a lot of people, it's a lot of people, the great mind, you know, I know a lot of people that, that fell into that trap. That was some of the smartest individuals I, I, I knew, man, but they, they don't they're not incentivized to actually bring that about, like make that come into fruition, have that turn into something that could even make them wealthy. You know what I mean? Have that actually turn into something because they don't have any, any incentive. The government is going to give them uh, uh, just the basic needs. They're going to give that to them. And again, if they start succeeding, they strip it away and they look at that as a threat. So it, it's a trap, man. It's like a, it's a trap. And that's exactly what they want, what government and, and state of what leaders want. It's easier to control you, man, uh, when, in the event that you give them a couple of promises and like, hey, man, we're going to set you up. We're going to lace you up with this, this and that. If you support me and you support our party, you support this policy and so forth. It's a trap. So people shouldn't look at it like look about what it, what it is that incentivizes you, I guess, in terms of what it does not incentivize you to do. Instead of looking at it like short term, like, oh, so and so be able to feed feed their mouths. And so, so look at it from a long term perspective and like, OK, well, what if this person didn't have that money and they would have kicked it into overdrive and they would have created some sort of awesome new product or something like that that other people would have bought? Or they would have made somebody. I mean, I said you can make a lot of money making other people money. You know what I mean? And, and but they're not incentivized to do that because, again, state is just kind of kind of kind of lacing them up, man. So it gets in the way of progress. It always has. Yeah. You know, so I've heard like what you said, you know, about, you know, uh, somebody goes on welfare. They make too much money. Come off. I've heard this like theoretically. Right. So one day I'm talking to my boy on the phone. He like, yo, bro, I won't talk to you. You know, life is hard. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, yo, you know, I got this new job. And, you know, I was on welfare and um, they supposed to send me a check, but they said I made too much this week. So they got to take me off. I'm like, wait, you went on because you was under poverty. They told you you had to get a job. You went and got a job. And after you got the job, they said you worked too many hours and mm -hmm. you earned too much. So he like, yo, should I cut back my hours and get this check or should I just leave the welfare alone? And I ain't know what to tell him. Yeah. Right? Because I'm like, well, how much are you making? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, if the state going to give you some and then if you cut your hours back, then you get that. So maybe your net income might be higher yeah. with the state. And after we did the math, he was making more without the state. So I yeah. said, nah, then we're going to leave the state alone. We just going to rock without the welfare. And they were given uh, vouchers for living expenses and, mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. But how is the state going to tell you, go get a job, then you go get the job, and they tell you you made too much, so we can't give you the money. That's, no that's how they keep you right there. You know what I mean? That's and that's that cycle that they want you in again. And you're you're you're, you're easier to control um, if that's the case, man. And that's that's the evil evil shit the, uh, because a lot of things that is presented, be it in minimum wages, be it in so many different things that are presented as they supposed to save you. You know what I mean? They're supposed to help you. And really all it does is incentivizes complacency, man. It, it really makes you very comfortable. 
and it gets in the way because a lot of people can get out there and be great and do a lot of great things, make themselves a lot of money, make other people a lot of money. But the state's like, nah, man, you got to You can't be doing too much because if you're doing too much, we're going to take that away from you, man. So you you, you only want to do just enough. You know what I mean? And that's that's that sort of cycle that they want to keep you in. I, I mean, dude, I've heard it every day, man. It's uh, or every other day. Dudes I used to grow up with asking me for financial advice and stuff like that because they see I grew up with what they do, doing, what they doing. And they still doing what the hell they doing. And I'm doing what I'm doing. And they like, hey, man, I'm doing this. I got, this, you know, Section 8, you know, this and this. I'm like, dude, you got to detach yourself from that if you want to be great. That's mm-hmm. just how you have to be. You know what I mean? And you can do it. You can do it. I know one of my one of my close partners I used to bang with, he, he that motherfucker could cook like a mother motherfucker. He detached himself from, from that welfare statism. He's got his own little, he started his own little, like, uh, he would do a... Uh, uh, like meal prep stuff, you know okay. what I mean. Started posting ads and stuff on, or you know, uh, to a lot of people, friends, family online. We would lay some more. Bo- My guy could cook like a motherfucker. And now, you know, he gets he he does a lot of catering. Um, you know, don't you know, big businesses reach out to him and do stuff like that. But all it took was him having to detach himself from that sort of cycle in which he's unfortunately kept in. I see a lot of brothers getting caught up in that shit, and I don't like that shit. And I'm like, if you get yourself from it you'd be surprised how much money is actually out there because look bro wealth ain't a fixed pie man that shit's created you know what i mean and and you know you just have to detach yourself from that from that sort of nonsensical cycle that again because the state will love to control you they want you to continue in that in that damn cycle it's not to their benefit for you to be successful yeah so let's break down what your friend did right so he he decides to be a cook and he wants to do meal prep and i want to highlight something that the state does that stunts just cooks Mm. what do they say when you want to be a cook you have to use a certain type of kitchen you cannot start your business out of your home and from your own kitchen so now you're poor you're trying to figure out how to get up off the ground you got to spend money to make money, yep, yep. these kitchens ain't cheap, not at right? All. Not at all. And then, not to mention, you know, the business license on the thing. We don't oh, want to get into that. Started on that, right? <laughs> you know, so it's like the state increases. I think Kanye says, um, "I'm not sure if he said hurdles or what it is, but the bureaucracy slows your 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 capability to rise." You know, and it's just. It's terrible. Let me get in some super chats real quick. Ding is Khan. Thank you. It says, is it possible to talk about those that protect and profit from the Fred uh, from the Fed uh, without black vans showing up? Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Red God. He said, free you mind and your ass shall follow. <laughs> Dar- <laughs> Darnell Wallace. Da, da, da. Um, Chad, uh, these guys are clearly white supremacists. I'm going to go listen to some Talib Kweli and homie Bricks Iowa. Aztec Mecca, Priest and Love to the Hotep Nation. Uh, HJ's in a roll. Keep it up. Uh, uh, Halima, what's up? She says, uh, welfare state happening right now. Donation from Big Corp to nonprofit uh, for uh, admin salary. Uh, then Biz may uh, be set up with Shopify. Think they won. Only stuck in a cloud server and struggle to rank and win. Girl, you going over niggas' heads. They ain't oh, ready man. <laughs> Kristen, thank you. Always supportive. Blue Spiral and Kapistan meets Hotep Nation. And Kapistan meets Hotepistan. I love oh. it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. 
Been looking forward to this meeting of minds. Great interview, guys. Mark Bonnet, do you think they will print money for reparations? Oh, we got to talk about that, too. Max <laughs> Crantley, last Super Chat here. What do you guys think of uh, Bitcoin as a possible reserve currency rather than the sale of treasury bonds? What are the uh, events that you would need to happen to create that reality? So, Eric July, before we continue, how much time do I got you for? Hey, man, I, I'm, 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 I have nothing else lined up, so as long as you need, bro. All right, we're going to – this is going to stretch out maybe two hours because yeah, – yeah. I haven't even gotten into my questions yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so this is a good one here. How do you talk about the Fed without the black van showing up? Uh, I'm going to answer it and you can answer it. Yeah. I think that the public is so brainwashed that uh, you can talk about it freely because they like, like you said, like they tell you we spend in deficit money. <laughs> they tell you what they're doing. But go ahead. What do you think about it? What do you think yeah, about? no, uh, it, it's it's like. Unfortunately, they, they, there's no pressure being even applied right now. You know what I mean? Because it goes over so many people's head. A lot of people have no idea that it exists. Um, it's like they think that the state just has unlimited money. There's no consequence to it or anything like that. So you can talk about it freely. I mean, I talk about it all the time, but there's no pressure because it doesn't amount to anything. Because unfortunately, there's not enough people that are out there willing to put, apply some pressure to it and just be like, hey, there's an issue here. Um, and we probably should end, end this. There's only a couple of guys, again, that have ever been politicians that have led with that. Ron Paul being one of them, that's just flat out. He wrote a book called In the Fed. Like, it's not a whole lot of those guys that are around. And I think that's because politicians understand that that's their moneymaker. You know what I mean? And uh, aside from the taxes, uh, for the, for what they can't get in tax, they could they could you know monetize debt and and basically spend money that they don't have. So you can talk about it freely. It's not going to show up. I don't think it starts showing up until it's a pressure applied. Uh, but there's no pressure applied. A lot of motherfuckers sleep. You know they're not even. It's not even in their radar to even be be uh, focusing on on the fucking Fed. Like not even not even in their vicinity, man. Not at all. I'd be worried if it was, you know, right now we have 412 in the chat. I'd be worried if there was a million people. Then they might be like, yeah, oh, then they oh. might be might midstream. Midstream might pull up if that was the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but ain't enough people to even worry about it. Uh, Mark Bonnet asked, do you think they will print money for reparations? So let me just say what I want to say about this. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of people that have pushback on reparations. And I'm like, mm -hmm. nigga, they printing money. They could print out the reparations check. But how do you feel about that conversation? Yeah, like reparations, man, is, is an interesting one because I understand the argument. I understand the argument um, as far as um, you look at a lot of people that got the short end of the stick. Japanese, as an example. Mm. Um, they got reparations, right? Yeah. Um, Americans. Right. Native Americans, reparations. They got their own little set, uh, 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 sector that you can't really touch. And they, they pump welfare statism into that and everything. Like they, they set up, they lace, they good. And the thing about that is, is that I look at it, when I look, think about reparations, I look at how the state isn't going to do it in a way. This would be the best way to do it. This would be the mode, the way that everybody I would, I would allow, I would think wins. If there was an actual pool that people contributed to, I think there are a lot of people that would contribute voluntarily to that and said, OK, this money, everything that's going into it is being dispersed to uh, people that were descendants of, of slaves or what have you. You know, actually not guys that came over here, you know, last week or any black people that came over here last week. Specifically, if you could if you could document the fact that, OK, your folks were at some point in time slaves right here yeah. in this country. Right. Um, this pool goes to though. I think there'll be a lot less. I, I think a lot of, a lot of y'all wouldn't get that shit, uh, to be, to be fair. But 
if there was a pool where all, I would have no issue with that. The problem is I'm not stupid and I know how the state works. Mm. So that's not what they're going to do. What they're right. going to fucking do if they do that. We we already been talking about the Federal Reserve for this this whole. I mean, the dog, right now, look, this, bur- this bubble got to pop at some point. We're right. talking $25 trillion right now. And because of all of this COVID-19 shit and all of that money that they pumped out, pumped out of nowhere, one pool was 1.8. It might have been more than that. It was like 1.8 trillion, I think, that they that just pumped the first check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just the first joint. You know what I mean? So it's got to pop anyway. So my thing is, and, and I've had to sort of word it like this in terms of to my followers, like the idea of a reparation, I'm not against. What I'm against is how I know that the state's going to collect it. That's yeah. how, that. That's what I'm particularly um, against. But it, yeah, if it was a pool, I would absolutely have no. And I don't think I'll know any other libertarian. I'd be like, if there's a voluntary pool where where people are like, we throwing this money in, all of that shit is going straight to descendants of slaves, people that had these hardships, and uh, that's 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 the only people that can touch it. Yeah. And I have no issue with that. And another thing that the state, you know, they taking off, they taking that shit off the top. Number one. Uh, and they they probably not even going to, uh, you know, levels of bureaucracy and all. Everybody got to make sure they get their cut before. I believe it's going to be like minimal as far as what it will go to everybody else. So mm-hmm. the idea of it, it's not what what I'm like, nah, you know, the idea is fine. You know what I mean? The idea is, is OK. It's that you got to look at how they're going to collect it and what that means for the future as far as this bubble pop. What is that money even going to be worth? And that's what I would rather it, it matter is like if you're going to give it to people, I want that money to be worth something. I want that to be able to people be able to build something off of that. What is it going to say if they lace everybody up with money and then it's on like some Zimbabwe shit and it popped the bubble pop after they gave it to you? Absolutely. Then that, you know, then that money don't mean shit, you yeah. know, but they can always say, well, we tried. We gave it to you. You know yeah. what I mean? So I would much rather it 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 be controlled in some sort of violent. And unfortunately, we're not having that conversation, but I would love to have that kind of I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But I love to have that conversation uh, in some sort of voluntary pool. Yeah. Uh, and never have. I would love for these rich white leftists to put their money where their mouth is. That I would love that all, all day long. Yeah. But I don't want the state to facilitate that, man, because I, I see I see the inevitable. And what I don't want is people to get fucked over because of that. And it wouldn't be just black folk that got fucked over because of that. If that bubble ends up popping after it's dispersed, you know what I mean? And that's a very that's that can potentially happen. So I would rather the money actually means something and amount to something. If that's what we're looking to and trying to give people money uh, based off of off of, you know, what happened and trying to sort of even the playing field. Dare I say so three things I want to add to the reparations conversation. Number yeah. one, if we're talking about reparations for slavery, that means that white people have to be included in the reparations because white people were slaves in America. We're talking That's about Italians and Irish, right? That's so true. this isn't an exclusive black thing. Okay. Uh, the next Good thing point. we have to understand about the reparations conversation is, is that uh, we're not asking for reparations for slavery. We're asking for reparations for what the Democratic Party has done to our community. <laughs> okay. Uh, redlining, okay. redlining, so on and so forth. So I had the hashtag Dems must pay. Okay. Because... Right? The democratic policies, LBJ, creation of the welfare and all that has destroyed okay. us. So Absolutely. That's that. So that's the second thing I want to say is it's not for slavery. The last thing I want to say is I don't want your bitch ass fiat notes. I want <laughs> tax exemption. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. That's what I want. Give me, give me at least 10 So you years. want money to mean something. You want the money to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. I want 10 years exempt minimum. Okay. 
Yeah. And that makes sense. That that was I don't matter of fact, I don't think I'd know any under that explaining it like that. I don't think I'd, I I would know any libertarian that would be against that. Like explain it in the sense like of a tax exemption. That's easy. That's right. fucking easy. That's easy. And um, I'm all about I'm all for that. But you know they ain't going for that. But no, no they ain't going for that. They ain't going for that because that hurt. That that hits them where it hurts because they can't double. And that's actually smart because they couldn't double dip in that case. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because if they if they gave it like in a Fed note or something like that, that's a good point. If they gave it in a Fed note, they could they they double dip right because yep. they're gonna they're gonna give you that and then they're gonna tax it right. Uh, right. So they they basically dip. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a double dip. So that's a good point. That's a and great it, that's a great point. A tax exemption. How could you be against that? How can anybody? How can anybody? Uh, be, well, I know why they wouldn't be against it, or why they would be against it. But that's, I, I don't think anybody should be in opposition to that. I, I know the state won't give it to us based upon tax exemption because then a whole lot of white folks gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, I got reparations. Well, hold up, I got some gripes in history. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna need some taxes, and the whole nation gonna be free. Hey, that may, hey, that may, hey, they may, that may be uh that does that the starting snowball effect. You may be. Be on to some good shit. Wouldn't it be ideally for all of us to be tax exempt? That's ultimately what we want, huh? And you're right. Like you see, one one group of people are like, "Wait a minute, what do you mean they get taxes exempt? Wait a minute, back in shit, 1700s, I had my folk had to do this, this, and this, and shit. You you started a big snowball effect at that point, and maybe, hey, maybe you might, you might, you just put me on game. That may be like a strategic thing that maybe I gotta get, I gotta convince libertarians. To like sort of get behind as far as more tax exemption approach, um, because I think that will start a domino effect that will really get this thing cracking as far as working towards a more freer society. So from a strategic standpoint, you might be on to something. Yeah, that's why I always tell people, I'm like, when you look at these things, don't think about how you're against it. Think about how you can use the conversation to your own benefit. Gotcha. And you watch how you just watch this whole conversation change up. All right, what was the next question old boy asked? He said, oh, Bitcoin is a possible reserve currency. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with Bitcoin and how that works? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. How would you answer that question? Oh, man, like, I don't want to, and, and, and I understand it, you know what I mean? I'm a guy that, I'm more of a precious metal guy. I'm not against, I, I mean, I obviously got crypto, you know, at myself, you know what I mean? You can't be libertarian. Like, it's kind of like the... <laughs> the rite of passage like you gotta you gotta validate you know you you, you gotta make sure you have a little bit of both right yeah. uh you gotta be uh privy to the crypto thing a lot of those have gone hand in hand um my thing is is it's less about trying to replace what we understand in, in terms of how money works uh i just want it to be left up to like some sort of marketized form and that's what we what we don't have we don't have competing uh, and that's what I love about crypto is that it adds that element that makes it way more difficult to control as far as you getting these like competing competing currencies, right? Um, now the the state kind of still has this quasi sort of monopolization of money. Uh, this is why they hate they hate Bitcoin and and they hate this concept of uh, cryptocurrency and stuff like that. I just want it marketized, whatever it is. I, like I know a lot of libertarians in, in our community, we have this conversation like precious metal, crypto, you know, gold, crypto, and I'm like. I don't really give a shit what 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 it is. You know what I mean? It's less about replacing what we like have, what we understand, how we understand money right now, which is well, what it was supposed to be is like 
that dollar that you had was a receipt more so. And it actually was backed by some actual money. Right. It was it was backed by something. It meant something. Whereas to now it's just a note. You know what I mean? So I don't want to replace what exists. I just want it to be marketized. I want competing more so competing firms. And this is what I love about crypto is that we're sort of seeing that sort of play out. Yeah, we know actual Bitcoin is in the lead. Uh, obviously, but you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of uh, crypto that has come that is gone, and that's what I want to see because mm-hmm. it, 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 that right there is what. Why can't our money be competitive? Is my question that I've always asked. Like we 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 allow everything else to compete. We understand that it's important. It makes things cheaper. It makes it makes your dollar go further. Why can't we do that with the actual money? You know what I mean? Like, why can't the money be a competing firm? So it's less for me about more so replacing anything with like as we understand how money works, because the state more so told us how it worked. I just want it to be marketized. And I'm not going to pretend that I can envision if the Fed or if the Treasury was no longer a thing how exactly it will what the market would come up with as far as the most efficient like way to exchange goods i'm not going to pretend like i know exactly like how it's going to happen uh but i do want that marketized uh because i think i think why, why can't money compete we accept food food people that create food make food compete with each other why can't the money compete let's compete with the money i love that i love that so bitcoin as a reserve currency so uh, we, to, in order to understand Bitcoin, you have to understand blockchain and blockchain is a public ledger where you can see uh, where money is going, what wallet to wallet. Now, you might not be able to know who owns these wallets, but at least you can see where the money is going. So when we're talking about uh, a, a, a reserve currency, I would love to see the Fed go into the blockchain to where we mm. can see, hold up, nah, nigga, you done transfer some money. Where that money go, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you saw uh, where, I think it was Ron Paul when he was in uh, Congress, and he asked Ben Bernanke, yo, some money just went out. Where'd it go? He was like, I can't tell you that, dog. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So the transparent, huh? Transparency. No, I, I was just about to say, you just said it. Yep, yep. Go ahead. Yeah, the transparency of it all, I love. Um now, uh, in the description box is uh, a company that I'm involved with is uh, CoinBitsApp.com. So if you buy Bitcoin, it's the easiest way to buy and invest in Bitcoin. Now, with that being said, um, I wouldn't get all in on Bitcoin and think that this is something that's going to free us. Uh, I need you to go look at the Blockstream Wars, type in the Blockstream Wars and understand uh, what the people at Blockstream and the people that run the Bitcoin protocol, the BTC protocol, what they did to Roger Ver. I'm not going to get into it here, but I want you to go look up what they did to Roger Ver and why Roger Ver had to go fork it and create uh, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, But when you talk about Bitcoin, you're definitely talking about uh, centralization. I know everybody says, oh, it's decentralized, it's decentralized. Nah, there's a small group of people that make decisions for that protocol. So it's technically not decentralized. Now, last thing I'm going to say on this. Last time I checked, 60% of the mining power was in China. I'm going to say that one more time. 60% of the mining power of Bitcoin is in China. So I call Bitcoin China coin. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I think you bring up a point, though, and why I think that the competition of money is so important. Yes, um, I, I do think that's an important thing, and, and I, I, same thing. I would never tell anybody to go all in on on big. I wouldn't tell anybody to go in on gold and metal, uh, or anything like that. You know what I mean? I, my whole thing is, I think it's it's you got to keep your eyes on everything. I think that's an important thing. But 
the idea that's going to work as far as us, if we're going to work towards a freer society, we do need that money, those different forms of money to compete. We don't, I mean, there may be a form that we can't even envision right now because, oh, you sure couldn't envision Bitcoin or that concept before that was ever a thing, before blockchain or anything that it was a thing. So I just want the money to compete. And I think that's what we, well, I think that's more of like the libertarian message as far as allowing them to compete, as far as telling people like demanding that we go back to gold. I always have to correct uh libertarians like that's not really what we want you know what i mean i understand gold is is something that we value and uh it's you know it it, it has bias like the longest standing most historical buying power you know what i mean as far as what we've had uh throughout the the history of of really humankind as far as how as we understand money but i i would never say like we need to go all in on this it's more like I want the I want the firms to compete. Maybe it does rise and be go, goes like Thomas Sowell said. He's like, hey, maybe maybe it's gold. Maybe it's not. You know what I mean? I don't know. You don't want to replace the Federal Reserve with anything. It's like maybe it's gold. Maybe it's not. Whatever it is, uh, we just want those firms to compete because it may be something. Whatever it is, whatever does end up coming out on top, uh, and maybe there's multiple forms of money, but whatever comes out is go- that's going to be on top is certainly going to be the, what's going to be the most efficient um for the individuals that are trading said said money yeah wise wise words last thing i want to touch on bitcoin before i go back to the super chats um the uh secure hash algorithm 2 or sha 2 is a set of i'm reading this right from wiki but you can get this information anywhere is a set of cryptographic hash functions designed by the united states national security agency and first published in 2001 so the algorithm that Bitcoin was originally run on, which is SHA-2, I think it's SHA-256 now. Um, uh, well, SHA-2 is the origin. SHA-256 is what it's running off of now. But it was created by the NSA. We lost uh, uh, Eric July. I'm sure he'll pop back in here. He probably just got disconnected. But it was created by the NSA, people. The Bitcoin algorithm was created by the NSA. Um uh, the, the 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 powers that be must have must have zap <laughs> must have zap zap the homie. <laughs> Let me read some super chats while we wait for uh, Eric to get back in here. Um, where was I? Where was I? Uh, okay, Mary O'Donnell, what's up, Mary? She saw as far as making money goes. My mother used to say, "Necessity is the mother of invention." Mm, wise woman uh hotep jesus been a beast lately with these interviews love it thank you mary appreciate you uh chad lemoyne tax exempt status divorce from legal tender and land yeah word nathan stang i agree with you about reparations black lives matter got millions recently in donations how much that going to black community who need it how much went to dems definitely a lot of great concerns charlie ten dollar super chat thank you said how can either of you explain uh, support for Joe Biden, Hillary, Bill Clinton, Democratic Party at large from the black community when their policies have been largely detrimental to the community. So firstly, I just want to say that first, I want to say thank you before I dish you right now. Um, but thank you for the super chat. Uh, half uh, there's not even a 50 percent voter participation from all Americans and it damn sure ain't from black people. So when people push this notion that black people are voting Dems, black people ain't even showing up at the polls, dog. So they don't believe in this system. So we're not as brainwashed as we think you are. And then if you have to, you have to look at the demographics. And I've been challenging people to look at the demographics. Eric July, if you have anything to uh, add to this, you let me know. Mm-hmm. But 
I want to know, show me by uh, just within the black community, show me age and gender of how people vote in the black community. And I guarantee you it's gonna be skewed uh, highly to women and older women. That's my auntie and mama and them is showing up at the polls. I can't explain what's going on with them, but don't say it's the whole black community because it's not. It's very a small demographic. You got anything to add to that, Eric? Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, uh, you you touched on what I was going to say as far as like the voter participation with really any demographic, um, let alone black people. It's like most people actually don't vote um, <laughs> uh, at all, believe it or not. Uh, more There's more people that don't vote than there are that generally do vote for one side, uh, be a Democrat or Republican. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is it is you have to be more precise um, when you say like uh, black folks that are voting or voting. Uh, if you if you want to be more so 100 percent honest, I get the sentiment. I certainly understand the sentiment when people say like, well, black people are doing this. But it's more of like like you mentioned, there's just women, uh, there's, there's age, there's clear age demographic. Those are the ones that are voting for this particular party uh, that may be running these particular this specific area. So it's not generally like black people in mass or anything like that. Uh, and it would actually help us a lot. Anybody, me, you, anybody watching to be more precise uh, when we do mention black voters in terms of who the who are the ones that are generally uh, voting because, yeah, they are black, but they're not all like black men. They're not all, you know, same age or anything like that. And the reason why I challenge the audience to do that uh, is because it would allow you to come up with a solution as far as who do you who to address. Uh, if you know who is actually the ones that are that are doing it, um, if we treat it like more of a monolith as which every single individual does this, which there absolutely are a bunch of black. There are black men that, you know, clearly do vote. Uh, but they're, they're, as far as the majority of them who value that it, it is, gender does tend to skew women. Uh, and, and that's just what it is. Why that is the case. That's maybe a different debate. Uh, but if we can address that specific problem, there's a lot of there's a lot of black talking heads that's gotten a lot of trouble, uh, you know, talking about, you know, black women and, and their and their voter habits and what they support and, and, and so forth. But, yeah, if you can be more precise and that's not just with black folk, that's with any sort of demographic in terms of how they lean or in terms of how what geographical area, what they vote for, what they generally support, because there's generally a lot of exit polls that will help you out with that stuff as well. Uh, that'll help you identify like, OK, yeah, they may be of this ilk, but if you can be more precise, you can actually identify a problem as far as who to address when you're like, who is facilitating the destruction of these particular uh areas or who's more so giving these people the power to do that it's not just like generally black folk in general it's um you know it's a certain type of people that it leans towards yes yeah, it's, it's a definite you know specific demographic and i challenge anybody to go and see if you can get me the results i looked i had people i put it on twitter i got a hundred thousand followers and nobody was able to show me black demographics by gender and age they just can't find it so i'm like so does this information exist or are they hiding it from us no it exists it exists you just have to you you got to find it um you okay. know i know pew pew research has done a lot of stuff um there as well uh, not just with not just with voting, um, also by policy. Uh, Pew Research has done a lot of stuff okay. um, about that because you'd be surprised as far as to see, like, for example, even with Hispanics and, and like what they support, like, you know, like, you know, people talk about immigration and all that stuff as far as what they generally support as far as welfare statism and, and, and a lot of stuff. That stuff exists. That stuff absolutely um, exists. It may it may not be led with 
Um, and understandably so, because there is a general narrative that the people that do have the power want to perpetuate. So they're not just going to give you that information uh, or more so they're not going to put it in your face, but it exists. It absolutely mm -hmm. exists. Okay. Yeah. I need somebody to go peer research somewhere. Give me that information. I, I just want to be able to say, I told you so, nigga. Yeah. Um, no, peer so research has a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff on that. So Eric July, you are, are a musician, right? And mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how the hell does a musician end up becoming such a public figure in politics, you know, and a black musician at, at that. Like, how did you become such a voice in this? Like, what, what led you to that? Man, man, that's a great question. Uh, my thing is, I am one of those guys that realizes that I feel like politics is the lagging indicator, right? Okay. It's culture first, then it's politics. It's on the downstream, right? Yeah. It's um, it, that's how it generally happens. Uh, so my thing was, I wanted to be the best possible musician that I could possibly be. Like my whole okay. that was that was always my aspiration. It wasn't to be like a libertarian musician. It wasn't to be that. It was to be, no matter what it is, whether I'm rapping, whether I'm literally screaming in the microphone with my metal band. It doesn't matter what it what it is that I'm doing. I want to be actually good at it. And I want to be unique to it. And I hammered that stuff home for a while. Um, like, you know, I'm, I am still a relatively young guy. Uh, but when I started taking off, what you're looking at, you know, with my old band, Fire From The Guys, like er, like going early, mid, early 2010s or going into the mid 2000s. And, and what I did was I was working on my beating on my craft for I don't know how long. Right. And once I formed the band that I have now, and that's when all the other music stuff popped off. I was able to bridge a lot of gaps, man. And I realized, like, if I am going to influence people politically, this has to be how I break the communicative ice. That's what mm -hmm. I call it. And meaning that it's one thing for me to shout at you or even be intellectual with it, do a video. You know what I mean? Or, or so, it's one thing for me to do that. But music has a it's it's more it has that emotional element. It has that that vibe to it that you can't really explain. But every individual feels it when they listen to something that goes hard to them, no matter what it is, genre or anything like that. And they have that connection. And my thing was I always wanted to to be a good musician first or a, 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 a before all of this. And then I could use that in a way to influence people politically. And it just so happened at the same time, like the literal same time. My my big breakout was doing an interview with Fox and Friends when, when Tucker was there, when Tucker Carlson was there. That was like 2014, 2015 or something like that. Okay. That was my big, uh, big breakout where I did. Uh, he interviewed. We talked about minimum wage. It was one of the things that we talked about. Uh, that was actually the main thing that we talked about because I had a video that went viral with that. So as the band's coming up, I'm coming up as this political comment commentator. But that was by design. That wasn't by accident that was by design because i knew that i could use the other to to influence the other like it didn't matter what it was it was so like came first the politics of the music well the i was i was a libertarian before i was like i will say that much i would say that i was a libertarian before i was uh let's say a rather decent musician like i, I, I will gladly admit that that was what that was what it was okay but but, but but I was like, it was one of those things where going into, again, more so the mid-2000s, I got, you know, I'm building up my confidence as far as, you know, because I was learning. I was still learning about a lot of this stuff, too. I got books and all of this stuff. Like, I was soaking in this knowledge, man. Like, 
I'm one of those guys. Look, man, until I actually know about some shit, I'll actually, you know, I, I won't talk about it. Like, I'm not one of those guys that feels I have to force myself into a conversation. That's yeah. not what it is that I do. I don't even care if everybody's talking about it. I'm not one of those guys that feels like I have to have an opinion about every single thing. Right. What I talk about is what I know. So I was gaining all this knowledge, man, basically equipping myself with to be able to handle these conversations because it was an inevitable thing. Like when people find out that I have a politic that I understand and that I'm actually glad to get out there and speak about, it puts a target on your back. So I got to be prepared for that shit. You know what I mean? And 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 it was more so those things started start, started to come up at the same exact time. I was growing as a political commentator, but I was also growing as a musician. And it, that was by design because I was able that was I wanted to use the other to influence uh, the other, not just from a monetary standpoint, which I have benefited financially from this in, 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 in a multitude of different ways that I would have never imagined. But on a serious note. At, at the end of the day, it was about the message. You know what I mean? But I know I couldn't funnel that message unless I was good at what I did, whether it, be, whether it was at, at singing, screaming, rapping, whatever it was that I was doing. But also on the other side is being able to talk about what it is that we're talking about today. I had to equip myself. So I know there's a lot of folk who are like, man, you're a musician. Uh, you're one of the few libertarian musicians. You're seeing success. I want to do what it is that, that, that you want to do. And I always tell folk like, dude, go be good first. Because just because you're doing it don't mean that you're good at it. There's a lot of just because you live it. That's not good enough. Just because you you have the right message and you want to make a libertarian song or something. That don't mean shit. That don't mean people want to hear it. You know what I mean? Or anything like that. Go be good first, man. Uh, get equipped to what it is that you're doing. Make the best that you can possibly uh, make the best music that you can. And this is why even with, with backwards with my current band. Notice when we came out. We dropped music. We dropped the most professional music videos that we possibly, even though we were unsigned, most professional music videos. Uh, you know, all the music is studio ready. Uh, you know, mixed down with the to, with the best, competes with the best because that's what we wanted to uh, sort of. That's the approach that we had, and yeah. we wouldn't have been able to pull this off unless we went that route. You know what I mean? If you're gonna use that as an influence, you better as well be be good at it. You got to be good at it, otherwise nobody's gonna take you seriously. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I was first introduced to you when uh, you dropped the Talib Kweli disc, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was great, by the way. Thank you for appreciate doing that. that. <laughs> appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Right. So then I hit you up this week and I said, y'all want to bring you on. And I asked you, I said, is there anything that you want to promote? And you said, yeah, I got this new music video uh, uh, or, or song and, you know, I want to promote it. So I'm like, all right, cool. So before we get online today, you know, I hit play and I hear, <laughs> Right, and I'm like, hold the fuck up. So I had to go back to the to the message, like, did I hit the right? Did you hit the right link? (laughs) Like, wait, (laughs) what the fuck is going on here? So I'm listening to it, and I don't understand metal, so it's it's not for me, right? Yeah, got to the hook, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this got a vibe to it. All right, these niggas is making good music. So how does this black dude end up making metal music? Yeah. Oh man, dude. Um, so I grew up. I was pretty diverse in terms of musically, you know what I mean? And mo- I, 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 all that's for my mother, for my mama, man. My mama, obviously, I grew up listening to all the shit that she listened to, Motown, Soul, all of that. But she introduced me to, the first time I was really ever introduced to, like, a lot of, like, rock shit, I was listening to more, like, classic rock stuff. Like, you know, like, I'm talking, like, just, just classic stuff that you generally hear, maybe even on the radio, most of the time on the radio. But... 
I when she introduced me to it was Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys uh, was one of the first like I heard do like the rap shit with it, like with rock. Like I know there was, you know, you had Aerosmith and Run DMC doing all of that shit as well. But I heard Beastie Boys and like Sabotage was one of the first songs that I heard. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, and this is really, really cool. Right. And it sent me down this rabbit hole. And I was a youngster, man. I, it sent me down this rabbit hole of just like listening to, you know, like more rock based music uh, as far as wanting to learn about that. And then you think about, I mean, black people started rock and roll. A lot of folks don't seem to understand that, but that's what that's what black folks start. Chuck Berry, OG, is OG rock and roll. All that, all metal is, is a deviation from uh, from blues. You know what I mean? This is why you got the 12 bar blues pretty much in every single metal song and all of that. It's a, it's, it deviates from that. You know what I mean? That's where it came. Not most of it deviates from it. It stems from that. That's what created that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So so I went down that rabbit hole and, you know, as Living Color was one of like, the you know, bad brains, uh, you know, and listen to all these guys that were, you know, black and, and doing all of this stuff. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. But I wasn't really confident in performing this until I was like 20 years old. I tell people to shut it all the time, believe it or not. I, that was one of those things that I would do like in my fucking room and shit. Cause I, I'm from fucking South Dallas, Texas, man. Ain't no motherfuckers listening to this shit. Ain't nobody even trying to hear that shit. That's not what people wanted to hear. And I certainly couldn't let it off that definitely when I was banging and shit, I couldn't let people know that that was even what I was interested in. <laughs> but when I got older, you know what I mean? I was like, this is something that I wanted to do. Cause I, I was obviously a rapper publicly before people knew me as a metal musician that's what people knew me that's why i'm able to do that and be good at it because i was doing that believe it or not before i was doing the shit so i would do that make those sorts those rap records a teenager and doing all of that shit coming up and all of that it was fine but when i got like about 20 years old i was like man fuck it you know what i mean like because i i left dallas i was in college a track and field athlete in college i went to the university of memphis first uh, which is kind of a music school as well um, and then I went to the Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, after that. And I got connected with actual musicians that were good at performing that that kind of that style of music. Mm. So when I started performing, believe it or not, I was doing keys like I would. That was back when like it was a, it was a sector of time in metalcore. That's kind of the genre that we float in where synth was like on back, like on court hooks and shit like that it was like a really cool thing that people do. And I could play the piano. Right. Mm. Um, so I was doing that with some bands locally and stuff like that. Again, never let off that I could even hold a note, you know what I mean, or anything else. And then it got to a point that I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. So I started doing vocal covers and shit on YouTube. Uh-huh. And that's when it let me know that I was actually good at the shit, you know what I mean? Because I just performed it. I was like, I'm uploaded. People probably going to dog my shit. And people liked it. I was like, huh, this is okay. Let me keep doing it. So I started doing vocal covers and yada, like a lot of them. And one thing led to another man and I started being in bands and actually fronting them from a musician standpoint. And one thing led to another. But like I said, that was years of also beat. I wasn't I was putting out vocal covers before I was putting out original rock songs. It goes back to the beating on the crafting. I was talking about and being good. But I I credit all that to my moms and just being being musically diverse and allowing me to jam like Beastie Boys and hearing that sort of element. And it just led me down a rabbit hole. And then I had to get confident enough to perform it because it is an anomaly being this brother, being a front man at that. Generally, you'll get some metal guys or rock guys. You know, they the bassist, you know, the drummer or some shit like that. But it's not a whole lot of black front men in our genre. Uh, and it, it was just one of those things where I was just like, let's just do it. Let me just do it. And thankfully, I did have a background, go up in the church singing and doing stuff like that. So I, I was already ahead of a lot of these dudes that were had been performing it their whole life 
because of what I was learning along the way in rap, R&B, gospel and stuff like that as well. So my mother being as musically diverse, just just it, it made me want to do that. But I, I didn't get confident, believe it or not, until I was like 20 years old. And that's when I started performing. Yeah. So that's the thing I said to myself, I'm like, wait, is he the lead singer? We got a nigga lead singer. <laughs> The 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 rock band, I'm like, oh, that's dope because, like you said, you don't see that often, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. almost like a cheat code. It's like being a black conservative, right? Like you don't see it often. Yeah. So when you see a black guy lead singer of a band, it's probably easy to get booked, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, well, until they find out about my politics, uh, yeah, uh, until they find out about the politics, yeah. Politics and metal. Oh my God, let me get started. What do we even get started on this? Okay, just as a prime example, I have to set the scene, but this is a prime example. Okay, right. so Alternative Press is the name of a pretty big metalcore-ish uh, publication, right? Okay. They've covered my band before. Uh, they've covered they've covered my band numerous times. So, two, like I would say. What was that? I had to be maybe it wasn't even a week ago. They dropped a top to everybody's pandering right now, obviously. So they dropped a 20 metalcore artists, black metalcore artists that are killing it. That have, uh, the whole caption was centered around actually building up the genre. Okay. So you think I'd be front lines for that one? Because I don't so me and my band sold thousands of uh, upon thousands of records. We've charted. We've uh, and, and one of the bands that they included in it was my old band, Fire from the Gods. So and you can't include that band and not include me. It's impossible because I was the one that laid the foundation. I was the one that gave them the style um, that they had. But there's a story that I don't tell often. There's a particular I don't want to out them uh, mainly because uh, of, of, of like one of my management guys are really cool with this 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 particular uh, what do you call it? It's a big tour. I will say this. It's a huge tour that that some people may be able to if some people that listen to like punk music will be able to know what it is. But it's a huge tour that no longer is defunct. They don't do it no more, but they used to do it. They've been doing it for years. Big time tour uh, goes around the country every year uh, that has a lot of metal acts, a lot of punk acts, metalcore acts, pop punk acts, all of that. It's huge. We were in the running for not even in the running it was pretty much locked in that we were going to do it definitely that that year that we had that was 2017 when we dropped that album and sold all those records we couldn't be denied uh because we were out selling all the bands that were in our genre the guy that owns this the founder found out my position on Planned Parenthood and didn't want to put us on a tour because of that and I want to be very clear about this music, music, musician. I mean, whether it be genres, no matter what it is, as a, it comes with politics, like in it within itself, not just talking left, right, all that it, within itself. It comes with a certain politics, but our particular genre is, is so heavily, it's not just leftist. It's like far that way. Right. And if you go look at all of the bands that are performing right now, that not performing that are, in our genre, pretty much every single one has some sort of, I don't know, merch sale where all the proceeds are going to like Black Lives Matter or the NAACP, which I consider two of the most hack organizations that exist right now. And these like Loudwire, Alternative Press, Metal Injection, they all know who, who, who I am. 
And I, I, I asked my audience this. Anybody want to guess how many of them reached out to me when they were doing all of this signaling? I'm the one guy that that's black that fronts a band in your genre. There's not many of us. And one of the good ones, right? One of the, as in like we we actually are we we have proof we have numbers we do numbers you know what I mean? None of them had ever reached out to me about any of this shit as they've done all this virtue signaling for the past week since or past couple of weeks since this George Floyd shit. It comes with a certain politic and it can completely blacklist you. But this goes back to why I was glad that I had the political commentator Terry come up with that because we don't have to go through those conventional means. I can go through a, so many different ways to get make sure my music gets out there and to make sure it sells. But our politics gets us in a lot of trouble uh, because we are proud, you know, not just libertarians like ANCAPs. You know what I mean? They fucking hate us. A lot of these guys are fucking communists, man, and they fucking hate us. But it comes with a certain right. part. You think I have a lead because I'm a brother, but I would argue it makes against, it works against me because of my part. Now, if I was a one of those woe is me. Uh, white man save me type of Negroes. Yeah, that would be they'd be all over me, but I'm not. I'm one of those get the fuck out of my way type of type of motherfuckers. I don't want your pity. I don't want any of that shit. And that does not really speak to what it is that they want to perpetuate. And generally, it's it's the same old cliche bullshit. And I'm not I'm just not with it. I actually despise it. I'm like uh, the fact that this whole movement has turned into a movement begging to be accepted and acknowledged by white people fucking makes me cringe. You know what I mean? And that just works against what it is that they're trying to perpetuate. So my politics works against me. You think the skin color would give me a, a out, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't, man. Like these motherfuckers, they hate us for it, man. They hate us for it. Eric, you just fucked my head up, bro. <laughs> I, you, I mean, I'm, my mind is so blown right now, right? So for example, what I'm trying to say is if somebody said, yo, Hotep Jesus, where on a political, um, spectrum do you think metal music is i'd be like yo it's probably like mad maga heads right that's the yeah, first yeah, yeah. thing i would think and i'd be and i'd be like it's probably like and cap heaven yeah no it's the complete opposite and it's funny because you think even with like punk, how? You think that, that was like anti-establishment shit that whole movie right came how out. how did this happen i have no idea and i don't think anybody knows Really, when because I was in school and I graduated high school in 1998. Yeah, there was anarchists. Do you yeah. seen the A? Right, with the right, right. Anti-establishment. All of that's full of shit, man. Like, and I had to watch this whole genre, metalcore genre, crazy. I had to watch them stump for Bernie twice, man. Like twice, and it's you think he's like the complete opposite of what you think anti-establishment, right? He is like big government as it gets. They, I saw, I mean, the whole genre, motherfuckers we go on tour with, got proud, proud fucking Bernie uh, 2016 or whatever, feel the burn shirts and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to this genre that was supposed to be anti-establishment? Like, what the hell happened to it? But it's not, it's not even, it's not even close, man. Like this genre and definitely more on the punk, like the punk and hardcore shit, because metal, you can find like if you go into like the more like the real like more like the I would say like the more Viking metal shit what I more so call it that shit yeah that may be like some they're not really with the leftist shit but more of the mainstream stuff and definitely like the metalcore shit which is a blend of more so hardcore which stems from the punk shit man these guys are not just leftist they far they far leftist they far leftist like it 
I mean, progressive doesn't define them. Like these motherfuckers are type communal property centralization, all that. That's what they're about. And it's antithetical to when I think punk, that's not what I think. You know what I mean? That's not what I think at all. I think anti-establishment, you know what I mean? But they're, they're far from that dude. So I'm just going to go ahead and, um, theorize here so it seems like what happens is the left controls many institutions and we know that they control the record labels so then they say well we have to control the music because the music is how we speak to people and then they pull things like you saw with the tour where they say well anybody who's not leftist they don't get access to these channels which Mm -hmm. kind of forces people to either change their politics or those of the left politics get the forefront so you don't even hear about backwards in Eric July's band that's that's yeah. that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, no, that that's pretty much what it is. I mean, it, it is a, a political monopoly and it's a political echo chamber. And they know exactly what they're doing. You know what I mean? They 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 look at us like well, you would think. Let them tell that we like the worst of the worst. Like they 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 talk in the way they talk to us. Um, I didn't even mention this on this show. Uh, so there was when all of this stemmed. I remember this so vividly, man. This was crazy when all of this sort of popped off with the virtue signaling out of the George Floyd shit and all these bands and stuff. So a guy creates a thread. It's on Twitter. I wrote an op-ed on Loudwire after I kind of called him out for like not reaching out to me. I was like, y'all reached out to all these skinny white cats in these bands, but nobody reached out to me and y'all know exactly who we are. So they reached out, they emailed my my, one of my managers and it was like, uh, oh, well, we want them to do an op-ed now. But (laughs) before all of that shit happened, there was a thread that was on Twitter, like, and it was also on Facebook, the same guy. And it was a thread of black musicians in rock. And they bitch of the guys like cover lemon color, bad brains, uh, you know, thinking of guys that, you know, that were, had been part of the metal, rock, punk, all of those genres throughout the years. It was a great thread, too. They got to me. That's when motherfuckers had a problem. One guy specifically said he's an ANCAP. Take him off the list. It's the type of shit that we deal with. Like they hate they fucking hate us. In the event that we see success. And that's I know why why that really grinds their gears, because, you know, we don't have to go through. Thankfully, we don't have to go through those channels. Thankfully, we don't have to go through those channels. And I've been able to. But a lot of people have to. And I think you bring up a great point when you say people have to have they take those positions because they only they know they're only going to get access if they have those positions. So either they're in hiding so they never let you know they're like indifferent right they'll never let publicly publicly people know where their politics are uh we wear it on our sleeves or they just they take the mainstream in in terms of that genre that culture that scene they take what's acceptable and that's leftism that's acceptable so that's what they do they adopt that and it works for them it it works for them because that they'll see like they'll get put in the forefront they'll get access they'll get the tours and all of that because they are certain ilk this is why i always challenge you know conservatives and libertarians i say y'all get it wrong because y'all have been neglecting culture for i don't know how long Mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's how the left won that's how they continue to win Mm -hmm. it's because they recognize that's how they control you know what i mean and you have to combat that some kind of way, not by neglecting it. You know what yeah. I mean? You can't neglect And conservatives have spent the last 20 years for uh, a lot of times just really neglecting, neglecting culture. Uh, and that's just not the way to go. Uh, speaking of uh, like a guy, Maj Torrey, you know Maj, yeah. Black Guns Matter. Um, he put it on my mind. He was doing an interview with, I uh, can't remember his name. It's like Sebastian something. Uh, Gorka. Uh, yeah 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 he did an interview with him and he was talking about how like some of the same things i talk about with coach and he brought up my name and it got it was something i'd never really considered in terms of how he worded it he was like 
why why haven't like you think of these gun rights movements and you think of these all of the why haven't any of those endorsed like hip hop artists like you hear them talk about guns and shit like that he was like that could be a way to bridge that sort of gap it's like why haven't any of them like sponsored sponsored like why isn't like Remington or something like sponsor somebody's like and he mentioned me he's like you know I got I know a rapper every July why why wouldn't y'all do that and it, it, it points to that it's like they're socially inept in that regards you know what i mean like they don't understand that conservatives have a problem libertarians have this problem as well uh where they just completely ignore it leftists are smart in that regard they may be stupid in terms of their ideas but as far as they know it doesn't have to make sense because they got the control so they can perpetuate whatever bullshit they want it doesn't have to make sense and most of the time it doesn't make sense but who's there to combat them nobody so they can just say whatever it is that they want and they get to control populations. They get to control generations uh, through in- entertainment, through all of these different things, because they ha- they recognize that that's going to be their vehicle. Um, and unfortunately, the other sides have been neglecting it for, for years on end. Yeah, that's so that's a deep conversation. Right. And I want to just dive into this really fast. So nobody talks about guns more than a rapper, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense for them to align. I think where their fear is, they're afraid to niggify shit, right? And then <laughs> yeah. and then their base turns on them. Like I remember um Wrangler made jeans for Lil Nas X. Mm. And a whole bunch of hicks was like, oh, oh, so y'all gonna niggify this shit now, right? <laughs> but again, I think it's it's one, the corporation, but two, the corporation's audience and the right mm. and the conservatives and these Hicks mm. and people not realizing you're losing in politics because you're allowing your racism to hold back yeah. uh, evolution yeah. and, and the evolution of culture and the evolution of politics. So because Absolutely. you want to be racist and you're scared to nigify Remington and these other you know, gun yeah. companies, one, these companies can't grow. If you get that black demographic, man, Remington can make better guns now. Yep, you know, easy. Like it's like it seems so painfully obvious, right? Uh, when you break it down like that, but it's yeah, it's like they're afraid to. Uh, and it, you, you you speak to it perfectly when you talk about the audience as well. It does go both ways uh, with it with it with the entities with the with the organizations and so forth, but also with the audience in terms of they have neglected it. Well, libertarians is more so thinking that everybody's the smartest people in the room. And generally we are, but that's not enough. You know what I mean? Just having the great, the best ideas isn't enough. So you can be the smartest person in the, in the world, but you can be culturally irrelevant and you're never going to grow because of that. Your movement's never going to grow because of that. that's why we, we stick out like a sore thumb because we, we're culturally involved, um, you know, and we have the politics that we particularly have, but yeah, they, they neglect that. Um, and in a lot of cases, and they are, they reject it, and it's stupid. It's stupid. Like that's a way to bridge that gap. Um, yeah, because like rappers talk about guns and shit all the time. You think they'd be all over that? You think that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be painfully obvious? Like we set these guys up uh, with sponsorships. We're gonna sell more guns. We're gonna, and then we bridge that gap for from a political standpoint, where they're gonna be more open to hearing that because they know we fuck with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's that's the conversation that they don't want to have. And they 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 let. And a lot of it's also just being against leftists. 
They look at it right. like that, and it's like it's like you get so tied into just being against the left that you you culturally take the opposite side, which is stupid. You should never do that. You're allowing the the, the leftists to sort of control the conversation, so you don't take the opposite position just because that's a position that they generally accept or, or generally adopt, or that's that's an avenue that they are generally in, or something like that. They shouldn't actually they shouldn't be afraid to jump up in there and be like, yeah, we're gonna endorse uh so and so rapper. Uh, we're gonna lay some up. And this is, you know, we're going to put our, he's going to wear our, rock our guns in, in his music videos or, or it's going to be sponsored or something like that. We're going to have our logo right there. Like that's that's a way to bridge the gap and even have those conversations with those with that particular demographic. But they got to be willing to do that. And a lot of them aren't. They're just not. And that's why they continue to lose. And you could even get Trump voters that way because it's like you're yeah. bridging that gap of the two audiences, right? So you're right. like, oh, why don't black people vote, you know, well, Republican? It's like, well, if Remington sponsored rappers and rappers being involved with Remington would automatically have to be around Trumpers, yep. Yep. they're not going to say no to that check because a nigga got a MAGA hat on. Right. They're right. going to shake hands and say, well, maybe we got some things in common and that's how that conversation starts. Bingo, bingo, bingo. That's perfectly put. That's perfectly put. And but that's that's like something that for whatever reason they don't want to initiate. They don't want it's like they because they think that, all right, well, if we cater to our base and our base only, we're gonna be fine. And you're seeing how that shit is playing out. It's not enough. Like mm-hmm. and it, it's it's easy. Like I talk about conservatives all the time and I say I say like they they uh they campaign like libertarians and they govern like fucking Democrats. Um, you know what I mean? And in which they they generally have the right ideas on the surface. Yes. You know what I mean? Like on the surface, that's it. Right. But when they mix like control, like military worship, like what the hell? How can you go there and then go with like, don't tread on me, uh, come and take it. Those are diametrically opposed like positions. Like those don't even fucking make sense because who, who, who the hell you think coming and take it? Then blue line. <laughs> Like, you know, what I mean, who the hell you think coming? In? It's them. So those it's like you have the ideas like generally you think of a conservative. This is why Reagan, you know, one of the things that he said, he was like a conservative is a, is a libertarian. It always has been. He knows mm-hmm. that he did some hypocritical shit to that. But when you think about what it is they personally advocate, there's a lot of things that people can get on board with. But the problem is, is that they're inconsistent in their application. It's like you advocate for someone that's diametrically opposed. And it's like, why? Why do that? You have the right ideas. How can you go from don't tread on me to thin blue line? It just doesn't fucking make make, make sense. Like it doesn't doesn't make any sense at all, because those are the people that tread. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get in some super chats real yeah. here, and I'm gonna finish up my my questions. Ken uh, that rocks. He said another great conversation. Here's some more money. <laughs> Thank you, Teo. Uh, money can't compete in technological technological age since AI has uh, beaten the top chess players and Go players. It will only uh, it will be only designed to take more. Uh, from average men, more power and control. Yeah, you're right. Charlie, uh, okay, thank you. That's very enlightening. T West, uh, the redacted said, we can't let uh, let you do that, Eric. <laughs> um, Cassius, where are you? Okay, there you are. Imagine having the audacity to vote for Killary, then protest for human rights while slaves are being traded in Libya. In Libya. Yeah. P Dog Knight, thank you. What's up, brother? Everybody check out P Dog Knight. He's got a YouTube channel. Good brother to listen to. Uh, good to see you young brothers having this meeting in the minds. We need more factions learning from each other uh, rather than competing. Dems must pay. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Chad Lemoyne, we saw Back to the Future. Marty inspired Chuck. <laughs> Mega Man. Uh, uh, for Eric, 
uh, protest the hero disowned far right fans broke my heart because I like them and their new album. Shouts to another black person in metal. Nice, nice. Sure. Mark Bonnet. Uh, what do you think of Isaiah Washington and the legacy Republican Alliance side note that uh, side note, the homie Tamar Kali is an uh, uh, amazing punk rock musician. I'm not going to speak on Isaiah Washington. I have nothing nice to say. Uh, Aztec Mecca. Uh, could the right neglect culture by design like the good old throwing the fight, shaving points, allowing the win? Mm, I like that angle. Mick, uh, careful. Next Ripper show. Uh, Soros is going to low key deliver pallets of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> <Little villain. laughs> um, Matthew Everson, progressives create, conservatives react. This is why conservatives keep their asses kicked culturally. They don't get what makes people tick for real. Mm. Uh, Matthew Erickson again, conservatives get systems, commies get people. Mm, mm, I like that. So Eric July, um, years ago, uh, when I was ignorant to these political parties, you know, the only thing I knew was or thought I knew was Republicans bad, Democrats for black people. And then right. people popped up and they dropped this libertarian party. Right. And ignorantly, I used to say uh, libertarian is for somebody who's um, doesn't agree with the left, but too afraid to align with the right. Uh, today, I obviously realize that's an ignorant comment, as Chad has uh, made me privy to the Libertarian Party. But I still have some of those reservations for some of those people that claim the Libertarian Party. I think some of them were straight pussy. Absolutely. Uh, and they and they run to Libertarian. I had a debate against when I was a so-called Libertarian. He sounded like a straight pussy. Yeah. But why the Libertarian Party? Why, why, why did you choose to go there? And before you answer that, tell me, were you Democrat, Republican before or was Libertarian from the gate? How did that work? Yeah. So so I was a. Um I was a leftist, you know what I mean? I went, I, my family, Democrat, blah, 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 blah. I actually went to like more Marxism. Like I, I went to like more, more of that, like, uh, as I aged. Right. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, I stumbled, stumbled along the likes because obviously soul and more so Walter E. Williams, Dr. Walter Williams. Uh, and like it changed my life and that got me more getting knowledgeable about economics, learning about Chicago school, Austrian school. And then it sent me down a rabbit hole. And now I was, you know, Rothbard. I never went through a stage of like conservatism or anything like that. Okay. It was just straight from that straight to straight to libertarianism. Now, I did. I was a member. Of, I don't want to say member of the party, but more so I was a I was uh, like my first time, like in 2012, I voted for Gary Johnson. Right. When he ran not this not 2016, but 2012 okay. when he first ran um, and I supported him. I detached myself from the Libertarian Party immediately after that, um, mainly because as I talked about my political growth with culture, I realized that that's a losing battle right now. We got too many wars that need to be fought culturally before I can even think about that. Mm. And I'm not when I, you know, I tell people Libertarian, it's more like I'm, I'm small ill. You know what I mean? I'm a Libertarian, but I don't belong to that party. That party, believe it or not, doesn't a lot. The chair definitely fucking hates me you know what i mean uh because of the time it's funny the talib kwali shit happened earlier and uh he tried to ha hitch himself to that wagon uh because you know talib doesn't like me he doesn't like some of my libertarian colleagues that i fuck with like dave smith and tom woods um okay. as well and he tried to latch on to talib kwali and talib kwali ended up calling him racist too so it didn't work but that in itself is why i don't fuck with that party uh, in a lot of cases, not just because of the chairs, because I think they do shit that's diametrically uh, opposed to what I think libertarians should be doing from Wait, a get next to Talib. Huh? Yeah, he tried like. All right. So so, you know, Talib obviously is not fun to me. And what that what 
the chair tried to do Libertarian Party chair, uh, Nick Nick Sarwark is his name. Uh, he tried to hitch on to that kissing ass to Talib because he doesn't like me uh, and Tom Tom Woods, Dave Smith, and so forth. But out of all of that, the hilarious thing is that Talib Kweli ended up calling his ass racist out of all of that. So he tried to kiss his ass and it didn't work. It backfired. But oh, that's okay. been my uh, uh, that's representative of what this party does. It's a lot of kiss ass. It's a lot of pussy shit. A lot of kiss ass. As far as um, these people think that they have to pander to certain groups to get to win them over. And that's just not anything that I'm thinking that needs to happen uh, for sure. So I don't belong to the party. And it's not that I even hate people at the party. Like I speak at, I've spoke with national conventions, uh, not national conventions, uh, state conventions and so forth. A lot of their party members uh, love the hell out of me and I respect the hell out of them. It's just a big thing with me is that from a strategic standpoint, it's a waste of my fucking time to even be voting, doing all that shit. I'm just like, that's, it doesn't matter. I'm better suited doing shit like this. You know what I mean? I'm better suited doing videos. I'm better suited making music. I'm better suited connected, connecting with people culturally as opposed to trying to campaign for that's a waste of my damn time because we're not even there to where even if that was a viable option, we're not even there in terms of actually getting elected. It's not a thing that's going to happen. So there's a lot of battles that need to be fought, I think, at the ground level. This is why I appreciate the Maj Torres of the world, because he's doing what he's doing. And he's connect. He's actually on the floor connecting with regular people. Uh, it's not necessarily a like a, a, a political thing, per se. It's a it's a it's an idea thing. And he's using that sort of to connect with other people. And I love the hell out of uh, Maj and how he does that. Mm. That's my approach. So that, uh, but a lot of the parties, there's a loser brigade, is what we call them. Uh, there's a lot of loser brigade folks within the Libertarian Party that aren't fond of me, mainly because, again, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm a, I'm a brother, but I'm not one of those guys that's kissing ass. Like I, don't, I, I don't want, I'm a bro, I'm not with the pity shit, man. I don't want fucking white folks trying to feel. I think it's insulting. I'll be wanting to slap the shit out of them, you know, when they, when they, when they reach out to me with the stupid shit. Had a couple guys who reach out to me about this Juneteenth shit and some white chick from fucking some little magazines all like fucking hey i want i want to get some ideas so i'm reaching out to fucking fucking uh like black artists and shit you know i want to know what it means to you and all this shit and i'm like god mother she's like i'm trying to learn if she hadn't ended it with that i, I, I maybe would have laced up with some but she's like i'm trying to learn all this ally bullshit i'm like nah man i ain't fucking with all that i don't want to be any any a part of that so i kind of nuked uh nuked the uh conversation i said exactly what i knew she didn't want me to say uh, so I said that, but no, man, like that party is, 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 uh, culturally irrelevant right now. Um, it's the third party, but it, we live, do live in a two party system, but it is the third party, but that doesn't mean much because of that. And I think there's a lot of battles that need to be fought like on the ground. And that's why I'm at, I, I don't belong in politics. Maybe my mind changes when I'm 70 years old, but right now, man, that's just not where I think the battle needs to be fought. I think it's a culture war, man. Yeah, I, I agree, because when I first, you know, when uh, 2016 Trump policies became culture, uh, pop culture, um, you know, I thought I wanted to, you know, people were like, you should run, you should run. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, because my yeah. dad always jokes around. He's like, you're a politician, like, you know, you, you belong in politics, you know, or you're an attorney. You just know how to talk to people, you know. And um, so I thought, like, you know, that'd be a viable option. And the more I learned, the more I realized not that. It'll 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 actually limit the things you can do for people. Mm. You know, like I was, for example, I was talking to a brother, uh, Tony Montaga, 
um, uh, Antoine Tucker, he's running out in New York and uh, he has a billionaire or a millionaire, I can't remember, but the millionaire wanted to give him money, but he couldn't give it to him because of some legal thing. You know, there's like limits and all this stuff. He's like, yeah. yo, I got access to a billionaire and I can't get the money because of what I'm running for. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want them problems. I want yeah. all the money. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, it, does. it limits you. And then when you take the money from certain people, it's got to come with a certain kind of way you got to you got to you got to navigate. And that's, that's the nature of politics, man. And yeah, you're right. It does limit you. And definitely folks like yourself and folks like myself, we you know we're a little rough around the edges. I just don't think that that's where we need to be. You know what I mean? I think there's other battles to be fought and it can limit. It does. It always limits people um, in terms of what they they can do, which is why they kind of kind of change like they turn into different people when they start running for office and you see it all the time because that's what they have to do and that's not that's not what makes you effective you know what i mean what makes you effective is being you being hotel jesus me being eric july that's what makes us effective if i have to change that for the for the sake of um politic and then i'm not as effective you know what i mean that's not where that's not where i belong and i think that maybe that's where certain people belong maybe like i think ron, ron paul is probably the most uh influential libertarian like politician of all time like probably of all time um and i think there's a space for that you know what i mean right. but that's not where i'm at that's not where i belong you know what i mean he'd probably he'd say that shit he'd tell me that shit too you know what i mean I, i've done a lot of speaking gigs with ron paul nice fucking nice dude whatever but like that's what he did almost is an anomaly in terms of how he was able to do that uh, and get that message out and be as unapologetic as he as he was like that. That was something that's almost an anomaly. But that's the space that he was. He's he had been in for 30 years. You know what I mean? So he could do that. Me, that's not my space and I don't belong there. You know what I mean? And I, I, I shouldn't want to force myself in there right. just for the sake of doing that. And I don't think anybody should. It's OK to fight a different battle uh, because it's not just politics. Right. Right. So you mentioned that they don't. They, 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 you know, libertarian parties, the third party, they don't got a chance in hell. And, um, you know, I speak to my homie and he's deep, deep in politics. Shout out to Jordan. Um, but uh, is there anything the libertarian party can do or is it completely possible? You know, I know they got to clean up their chair, right? Yeah, they got to clean up. But I think more so focusing on local elections is where it's at. I really don't. I really think they're wasting their fucking time because the reason being is like, if you know that you're going to lose, why be milk toast? This is my issue with Gary Johnson. Like, it'd be one thing if they were going to run, and I'm talking they would be the most principled, lib unapologetic libertarian. Because at that point, the only reason you're doing it is to get the message out there. You're not going to win. Mm. So you might as well try to influence people and not be oblivious to you doing that, right? Okay. Uh, but this is why I think if they're going to do anything politically, it has to be locally. They, that's where they stand more of a chance. National level politics. It's not even within that in that like you're not even in that stratosphere right now. It's not even close. You, they make these minor successes and it's like, oh, we got three percent of the vote. Like it's like the fuck does that mean man that don't mean shit man that means absolutely nothing you wasted and then they 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 give some like milk toast dude out like you know gary johnson who fucking tr tries to like be more, too pragmatic with it and it's like what's the point what's the point you know you're gonna lose why try even try to do that like you might as well go all out and go full principle and it'd be one thing if they do that but they're not doing that so instead i think the lp if it is to be 
effective in any way, they should focus more on connecting locally. And that's it. Like, I don't think nationally it should even be an option, but they put so much stock in that. Uh, and then they botch it every single time, not because they don't win. We know they're not going to win, but because you run milk toast candidates, you run candidates that aren't really even principled. They're just there. You know what I mean? Former Republicans, they're just there. They're just there. It's like, yeah, but you, you're not, not really principled and it doesn't mean anything. You're not teaching anybody about libertarianism uh, in this regards. And really, if the version that you're teaching them isn't really the, uh, a brand of libertarianism anyway. So I think the Libertarian Party should focus more on local politics. I think that's where it's at. And if they did that, I think they see a lot more uh, success, again, being on the ground, being more grassroots and connecting with people as opposed to trying to shoot for the fucking top. And then just botching it every single time anyway. So I don't want to say it's completely useless. Nationally, I think it's uh, fucking useless. But locally, I think that they they stand a chance. And if they placed more emphasis on that, I think they'd be fine. But that's where they got to go. Stop trying to run for even like, even at the higher state levels, like the governors and stuff like that. I would say even don't even do that. I would say more state level, state representative, local representative, city council, stuff like that. I would say they're more doing that and because more of that requires you. It's more local, right? It's more, it requires you to connect locally as opposed to nationally where you're just shooting at whatever fucking wherever you can try to hit locally. Right. It, bingo, bingo. You know, so I think that's where they uh, should focus. But good luck trying to convince them of that. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you. You you definitely um cleared my mind of what's going on libertarian part. We got three more topics we gotta discuss. Yeah, I'm gonna let sure. you go. Uh we're gonna talk COVID. We're gonna talk Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on. Uh and the police. Let me get into some super chats real quick. Uh we at uh Chad Lemoyne. He said, uh frack that bitch chair, bricks. <laughs> um <laughs> Ken Thero, he said a hotel takeover the LP would be a great troll. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I while he was talking, that was exactly oh, was oh man, that oh man, what we we fuck some shit up. I say that much. I say we fuck some shit up. <laughs> yeah, we I, I might we might have to mobilize that. Um, DZ Hotep constantly putting us on with the knowledge. Appreciate you. Better to own a politician than to be a politician. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Eric. You know, I'm like. I don't want to be a politician. I want to control these niggas. Yeah, exactly. Which is what, which is, that's the, that's the long, that's the long game that a lot of them play. Yeah. So let's talk COVID-19. Um, government shutdown. You think the government should have shut this down? Why they no, shut it down? Absolutely not. Um, absolutely not. It was the worst decision possibly. And I think it's going to go down maybe in human history as one of the fucking, the most insane reactions that we may have ever seen like seriously because when you consider how much information they had even before it got over here we knew that it was a virus that impacted a certain particular demographic so i'm not saying that they should have forced anybody into hiding i'm saying it would have made more sense for it to be a more targeted quarantine you know that it's older cats you know that it's immunocompromised. That was that we knew that before it even touched the ground here, bro. Before we even knew people were testing positive for it, we knew that was the case. It, it was simply not deadly uh, to most people. That's just what it was. That we knew that. Yet and still, we had this bandwagon effect of an entire shutdown, putting forty million some people out of out of work, um, and it's just. It, it was the it was an insane reaction. And still right now we're having we're having this silly discussion with reopenings throughout certain areas where you can go protest. You just can't go to the gym, which is fucking insane to me. Um, but that's where we're at. You know what I mean? So, of course, 
I was, I, I mean, and I've been talking about this shit for months. I've been talking about this shit back in like uh, March. I was talking about this and I was going through the data that was available to us. I was like, hmm, this thing clearly impacts like other, like it's impacting a particular demographic. It's not like it's Ebola. It's not like where you have a 50% chance of dying and it's killing young folk. It wasn't, it wasn't that. That was never the case. Never. The, even the Chinese numbers reflected that, which people say you couldn't trust, but they even said that. So the fact that they still did it, knowing that they had that now, it almost makes you think that it was a test run for something because it was such a irrational reaction considering the data that was available to them. And they continue to kick the can down the road, even having that data to them. Um, but yeah, like one thing that it does show me is certainly when it comes to mainstream leftists, like Democrats and so forth, man, uh, the game is rigged. Uh, they play by their own rules and they make the fucking rules. The fact that like they had been telling you that you were going to kill your grandma if you went went outside to eat or kill their grandma if you went outside to eat. And then they greenlit the health officials, even greenlit like thousands of people protesting at the same fucking time is unbelievable. It's showing you that the game is rigged. Um, they make the rules. They get to change them on the fucking fly. They don't like and for anybody that ever thought that medical officials had no political bias. You see right now that is absolute horseshit. Uh, uh, so I got a conspiracy theory. Now tell me if this sounds yeah, yeah. right. Um, I feel like this was a shakedown of small business, right? Because mm. really the only people that were harshly affected were small business. And then what you do is you shut down small business. They don't have the capital to stay open and, you know, and survive this thing. So then they shut down, which means you can go in and buy them out or just take over their stores mm. or their locations after the fact. Does that Ooh, sound accurate? Nah, well, even if even if that wasn't what was anticipated, that's exactly what happened. That we can't deny. Um, you Look, I'm a comic book guy. Too many local comic book shops that I know that they didn't come out on the other side of this. Like if there was no, okay, we're going to shut down for a little bit. They shut down for good. Yeah. Like they were, they're done like all across the nation done. And so many other businesses, it wasn't worth it to be open. It just simply wasn't they, that. That's just not anything that they, that they could do to sustain themselves. But you did see all the big box companies were allowed to remain open, which didn't make sense. Target. Like target, Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, all of these places where, like, for example, with Walmart, this is the crazy thing. Like, Walmart sells, like, basically everything, right? Right. That's just how it works. That's how it works. They don't specialize. Right. They don't specialize in anything. But you had certain businesses that specialized in the items that they sell, like craft shops, Right. That sell arts and crafts, stuff that people use to make stuff or whatever, even masks, believe it or not. But stuff that they use to make that stuff, like those companies had to shut down, but Walmart were allowed to open, you know, or stay open, even though they could you could get a ball of yarn or whatever at Walmart. You may have not had a biggest biggest of an option, but you could get that stuff there. So they were allowed to even sell the items that the other businesses had to shut down for. You know what I mean? So even if that wasn't the case, even if it wasn't like big businesses that were driving this shit, that's effectively what happened. So to me, it doesn't even matter. Like that's the truth of it. In effect, it's all the same where big businesses, massive, not just big ones, massive businesses were the only ones that benefited from this. And the ones that hurt the most 
were the smaller companies as they literally had to stop. They couldn't they couldn't operate like it was illegal for them to fucking operate. Uh, and this is why you have so many of the smaller businesses. And that's unfortunate because I know I know cats, smaller businesses that just couldn't remain open anymore. Like they, they it was not it was not financially viable for them to to remain open. There was no we going. Some of them could could like it's some capacity like you had bars that had restaurants, but there were bars that didn't really focus on that that had to go away for good. You know what I mean? And a lot of these are small local business owners. They're not rich um, and, and so forth. And that's what sucks. And that's what what hurts to see for me to see, because I know it's a lot of people that put their life savings and shit and, and couldn't even like have it come into fruition, man, uh, because of shit like this. And then you had the back door within certain areas with looting and shit like that. It was a double whammy, man. So they got hit fucking twice. They weren't allowed to open and they finally started reopening and they got their shack fucking, uh, you know, toe up you know what i mean and it, it sucks so effectively even if that wasn't the case like even if it wasn't like big businesses that actually did it that's effectively what happened and you best believe they're completely they know that they know that they ain't stupid yeah real talk all right so i just wanted to make sure all right so uh last topic i'm gonna let you go uh recently we've had in uh you know uh Brute police brutality, you know, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, George Floyd, Amar Arbery. But, I, you know, those are kind of older. I want to talk about the new one, Rayshard Brooks. Mm. How do you feel about the way that the cops handled that situation? How do you feel the way about Rayshard Brooks? Is the blame on the cops? Is it blame on the legislation? Is it blamed on Rayshard Brooks? How did you view that situation? Man, that was one of the less that I don't want to say it was a gray area. Uh, but it was more gray than probably any of the other ones that we had seen recently. Uh-huh. I think anybody can admit, even if you agree that he shouldn't have lost his life out of all of that, you could at least, I feel like anybody that's honest can admit, like, it's not like George Floyd, like where right. it was, we, that was a little extreme. This is more one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And it just continued. It just escalated to that particular moment. So we could, I mean, we could start at the root of like, OK, why were they pulling them over? But what I tried to do, and this is what even look, I'm, I'm not a guy that pretends like he knows every fucking thing. But I looked at it. What I always try to look at it and from a libertarian standpoint in a freer society. What if that was the privatized like Wendy's frosty police or some shit? And they were like, we got to get this motherfucker up out of our driveway. He drunk as a skunk uh, in the driveway, just chilling. We got to get him up out of here. Right. And let's say if it escalated to that very point where you point a taser at, at, at the at the frosty police. I'm sitting here like, how 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 is he supposed to react? I don't know. And I know it's easy for me to play armchair and I try not to do that, man. I really try not to do that. I try not to play armchair and be like, man, if they if he did this, because I know, like, dude, I don't know how I react. You know what I mean? Or I know like more so one thing led to another i will say out of that case it's one of the more gray areas that that is ever that that i won't say ever existed but out of the recent situations it's one of the more gray areas because one thing escalated to another led to another whose fault it was i think both of them share uh some of the blame obviously the cops initiated but then you look at it from you know what would have happened if he went got drunk or he went and drove and went and fucked somebody up whose fault would we would have been having a completely different conversation so i don't know as far as as like what was what was the right position to fuck to not to leave him alone maybe maybe not do i think that that should have escalated to him being killed 
No, I don't want anybody killed for some for being fucking drunk. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody being killed for that for that reason. But fuck, man, like even with the again, the frosty police, it could have maybe happened the same way. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at it from what should have been the go to. And it's easy for me to play armchair. And it's I, I don't want to do that because I know I'm not in that position. You know what I mean? I'm not even. In, I, and if I was in that position, who knows what the fuck would happen? Because I look at it from this standpoint. Let's you know, I talk about been talking about this looting and shit standpoint. If somebody was looting my house about to toss a brick in his house, I would air his ass out. That's just what would happen. You know what I mean? And it's OK for me to do it. Most people would be like, yeah, you had a right to air him out, but I don't got the badge. You know what right. I mean? And that and this is kind of deviates from the point, but it's also part of the point from a oh, cultural yeah. standpoint in terms of how we how we look at the cops. I think another issue is that people expect police officers. They don't hold them to the same standard that they hold themselves or their neighbors. And mm. that's a problem. Mm. And it goes both ways. It's not just with, uh, you know, I'm a guy that wants I want the I want it privatized. You know, I was like, I want all this. I don't want there to be a, a centralized police. You see what I'm saying? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that to be, I don't want that to be a case. I'd rather have competing firms, and, and so forth. You know, but you know, the core issue as far as why they're able to maintain that monopoly, and you look at police brutality and people getting whooped up and shit like that, it's because the people within the country, geographical area, expect them to be what they can never be, and that's a core issue. That's why they have the right to do things that uh, not they really don't have. They don't have the right. Let's just say they're allowed to do things that other individuals could not do. It will be criminal if we do. And then you expect these guys to have dead shot level accuracy with Spider-Man reflexes and all of this type of shit. And then get mad when they whoop up on you because you done got you done gave these guys a monopoly on this fucking power. Uh, what the fuck do you expect to happen? So. It, the ex, but that expectation in itself, and this is what I was trying to drive home to a lot of a lot of fucking communist black folk jumped on my fucking mentions the other day because I'm pointing out to this to these fools like another issue is that you guys look at that institution, you you expect them to protect you, and that in itself is a fucking problem because that's what allows them to stay with said power because you mm. guys grant that to them. You say that they're supposed to be able to, well, they're supposed to serve and protect. Says who? I don't expect them to do that shit. I didn't ask them to do that. You did. So how in the fuck could it, of course it's going to backfire, man. Of course it's going to backfire. They're going. That's what this, that's what it entails. That's what you expect from them. And they, despite you may think that they're fucking, gods they're not they're human beings just like you and i and if mm. you didn't have that expectation of them we would be able to come up with other alternatives but yeah. we don't and this is why there's never a solution to this problem that's the conversation that they don't want to have there's never a solution to that issue it's a cycle we I, it's funny i was like it's like i was just talking about this in 2016 with freddie gray and all i was just talking about this shit and i'm like bros if if y'all keep expecting them to have that or you think that th that power is legitimate, it's going to continue to backfire until you guys recognize that power as illegitimate power. Only then will you find a solution. But if you keep expecting them to be that you expect them to be God, you expect them to protect you, you expect them to to uh, uh, do everything and, and, and it be perfect and all of that. That's how they maintain that particular power so until you address that issue which is a conversation that makes a lot of people uncomfortable because we have to we have to it forces people to more so 
under like it forces like with leftists, for example, it's, it goes with the right wing as well. But with, more so what you understand as a general leftist, they advocate policies such as welfare, statism, taxes and stuff. Who the fuck do you think enforce that? Who is them for? Who, who are the teeth of the state? It's federal, state, local law enforcement. That's the fact. You need them. You rely upon you, upon them. Your policies expect them to to do just that. On the other side, you worship this institution. This institution has this power that no other individuals, if they don't have the pretty little badge, no other individual can do what they can do. So you both both sides, dare I say, have expected these guys to have this power. It's going to backfire. And until they acknowledge that illegitimacy, which is where I come from, like, why is it that they're the only ones that can do this? Why can't we come up with marketized forms of security and defense and stuff like that? Why can't we do that until they're ready to ask those questions? We're going to revisit this shit. Another two to this whole defund the police. That's just just a fucking front. That, that's a that's a money laundering scheme. They just want to reroute the shit to the woke police as well as the fucking uh, like social workers and useless motherfuckers with useless degrees and shit. Like that's all. It's, it's a money laundering scheme. It's a fucking front. It ain't even, they ain't talking about keep allowing people to keep money they they certainly that ain't even on the table i was like hold on defund the police you mean i can keep we locally keep the money that goes to these motherfuckers whoa, whoa, whoa no we're not talking about that so you ain't really talking about defunding anything but it goes back to the point until they recognize that institution as an illegitimate one we're going to continue to revisit this problem two four years next year next week this is how it's going to work I love that you said when they say this was protect and serve, they're basically giving authorization to basically get their ass. I love Bingo. that. That's, that's so what you bitching about? Like uh, <laughs> you gave them the authorization to do exactly that. And then you get mad when they fucking use that power. Like what the fuck do you expect, man? Yeah. So tell me, I, this is my theory on the whole um, Rayshard thing. And tell me how you feel about this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to draw the parallel to sports. When a team loses... Uh, you blame the coach. And if you can't blame the coach, you got to blame the GM because they ain't put the right players on the team yep. for the coach, the coach, right? So in this case, uh, we're talking about whoever writes the policies for the police is the one that's calling the plays. And I feel that a traffic stop for someone who's inebriated has to be completely different from one that's sober because you're dealing with, the, especially somebody mm. who just 108, right? Yeah, it was so he, he was like pissy drunk. Yeah, he pissy drunk. So when people say, oh, he was resisting arrest, it's like, do you realize you're not in your right mind right. when you're pissy drunk? And they asked him, like, yo, where are you? And he didn't know where he was, right? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like whoever's drawing the play up for the cops dropped the ball, you know? Mm. It's like, what is your protocol for dealing with somebody who is under the influence of drugs and alcohol? First thing I would say is, me being the person that I am, where's your water? Hand this person a bottle of water immediately. Mm -hmm. We have to start flushing their system to bring them back to a state where they can have a conversation with you and not, you know, being out of step. Um, Have them sit down on the curb. It would have been a lot easier to arrest a nigga if he wasn't standing up when you tried to. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's a flaw. And how how the coach is coaching these people. And I think before we blame the police, because um, I think they were some bitch ass niggas how they handle that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they need more 
training, more physical training, but exactly we being armchair with that, and that's just wrong of us to do. But right. before we play blame on these police, we got to look at who's calling the play mm. that these cops are executing. And that's where the problem is, because you can't that's, treat a that. That's a good point. I mean, it go. But and I mean, I, I guess the reason they don't want to have that conversation is because it will force a lot of people who are like saying, oh, they're bad to actually it would turn a mirror on them because they segued in a lot of this. But this goes back to like if it was a marketile solution, that's what it would be. You wouldn't even have the same people, people responding to that. Like if you know someone is blackout fucking drunk. You got like a, you would have a agency that's that deals with that. Like that's right. their specialty. Like it, 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 may, it is more likely not even going to be the same people. That's not to say they aren't armed or anything like that. It's just that they are different. They, they like that's their specialty. And this is why it's so important. This has been an opportunity for me. I mean, I ain't been getting through through to them, but it's been an opportunity for me to talk about different like more. more I talk about marketized forms of of, of, of being like this response agency. Mm. who says that it has to be the same group of guys to respond to every single um, you know thing nobody like it, it nobody's well well i mean they gave them the power to do that right. i mean th that's really what it is but that's the thing it's like if it was more of a marketized solution that's what it would be it would be people that specialize in what it what it is that they do when you think about all of the different human affairs that you're involved in when you look at anything, you look at people, you look at specialties, people that that are cooks, that that's what they specialize in. And even when they're cooks, they specialize in certain types of dishes. You know what I mean? And that's how it how it works. Whereas to us uh, from a, that's why I say it's outdated, um, because we apply one size fits all to pretty much everything. You know what I mean? And we expect these guys to to be on the scene. And this is where it goes back to the expectation of of these guys to be gods. You know what I mean? And it's a good point that you bring up. But as far as you look at the people who have written the rules who 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 have who have set this up in a lot of cases they set the cops up for failure you know what yeah. i mean uh, they, they set the cops up for failure and but that would force a lot of politicians uh, a lot of city council folk to turn a mirror on themselves and they ain't willing to do that they ain't willing to take any sort of blame which is why i don't think it was necessarily a bad thing that you had this situation in atlanta when you had people that all the cops said we fucking fuck it like we yeah. out like at the same fucking time. I was like, hmm, okay, let's see what comes out of this shit. Because you're seeing that you're seeing that tension between two like state agencies, right? Yeah. You got the mayor, you got the you got the cops. Both of them work for the same people, but there's a clash there. And to me, mm. I like to see that shit. Cause I'm like, I want to see how, what's the outcome of all of that. Because now we're starting to get to the nitty-gritty as far as what's the problem, who's the problem? You know what mm. I mean? Who's setting mm. who up for failure? Uh, but yeah, you, you you bring up a great point as far as like uh, who who's like drawing the plays. I, I like that analogy that you use. Yeah. Uncle Hotep was like, you know, it, it should be like, you know, I'm going to take your keys from you and, you know, you come to the police precinct and pick them up tomorrow or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we order your Uber ride home and now you owe us $15 for the Uber ride. It is what it is. We're not going to levy no warrant to come get you for the $15. But, you know, hopefully you can reimburse us for it. Or maybe, like you said, it's that agency that specializes mm -hmm. in how we handle that. Let me get in some super chats real quick yeah. and we're going to get out of here. Uh Super Show 95, he said, this is what I'm talking about. I had a feeling Eric was Hotep a long time ago. Can't be more proud. Uh, keep the good work. Yeah, Libertarian and Hotep, we, yes. there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, it's almost absolutely. like, you know, yeah. almost completely overlapped. Um, yeah. Daniel Hawk, 
um, get Dave Smith on with Maj Torrey. Hoteps can take over the LP. All right. Y'all got to coach me through this. Y'all got to coach Eric through this. We're going to try to figure it out. Man. Um, Cassius said, uh, the homie Anomaly did the best uh, coronavirus expose. Yeah, hell yeah. Newsweek had to pick it up. Uh, Daniel Hawk again. He said, uh, Eric July, please convince Gavin McGinnis how retarded uh, he is about comics leaving a cultural battleground to the leftist just because he can see uh, past his uh, uh, past his view of comics are for children. Yeah, that's a problem there. Comics are actually we're going to make that the last thing we talk yeah. about before I let, let you go. Hop Keto Lock. He said, good show. Great guest. Hotep. Much thanks. Um, free to talk said, look up Ted, uh, Patrick, deep programming, woke his cult. Thank you. Logan boxing. What's up, homie? Long time. No see, uh, free the ATL cops, <laughs> Daniel hot, uh, in, uh, NYC, the politicians sent a crackdown on sale of non-tax stem, uh, cigarettes, first domino in Eric Garner's death. Yeah. Word. So let's talk about that. Right. Like people say, you know, comics are just for children, but these things holy move culture especially through like so so yeah i know you got a lot to say on that so, yeah. yeah i mean it's such a silly thing because first of all if, if you knew that you know you know the history of comics that's not how it ever even was intended you know what i mean to be that way there was a certain like age where a lot of that was leaned towards but when you look at the history of a lot of these characters they were never really they were never meant to be role for children you know what i mean that was never that was never the anticipation children picked them up but there was never the anticipate they didn't write to them hell even in recent history when you look at it's funny i, I interviewed on my show for canon's sake i interviewed um the makers of uh you know what i think a peak american animation is the x-man animated series right like uh peak american animation and I interviewed the showrunner and uh, what was the other one? The one is a showrunner and a writer, right? So, uh, Eric and Julia Lee Wall, they're married. And I interviewed them and they were talking about how like we don't write down to the audience. They knew the show was on Fox Kids, for example, but they didn't write down to the audience. There was like, we wrote stories like we're all adults. This is how we wrote them. Um, and that was just what it was. But yeah, like this whole idea that they're there for children is just it's it's ahistorical, number one um and it, it moves coming batman is part of american culture like it's like that's just what it is like it's not wolverine like all these guys these are like people that every, even if you've never picked up a book you know who these characters are um and they appeal to us you know what i mean we look at that definitely when they cross over in the live action action film it's funny we we're talking about blade earlier blade a lot of people seem to feel mention that blade is a comic book character you know what i mean he's a marvel comic book character you know what i mean and that was a rated r movie uh because that's that's what makes sense for him this is why the best depiction of me as far as what we saw with wolverine it wasn't an x-men movie it was logan you know what i mean and and which allowed him to be 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 wolverine you know what i mean and so to act as if they're like four children, I think it's a complete it's a complete nonsense. It's ahistorical. It doesn't even make sense. Like it's not never. So if Gavin's saying that, I mean, he's not with Blaze anymore. So I can't I can't I can't like talk to him. But, you know, like that. I hope he's not saying that shit because that's completely ahistorical. That doesn't make any sense. It's false. That's false news. It's fake news. Fake news. man. If you saying that. I mean, let's say it was. That'd be bad. Right? Yeah. Oh, true that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you consider some of these damn themes in here. That would be terrible. Um, if some of the, if, if your children were reading this shit. Uh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Even some of the most historical like arcs, like generally those aren't what you want around children as far as understanding. Definitely when you're dealing with death and all of these sorts of things, like 
Yeah, if they were specifically for children, man, these writers did a very terrible fucking job uh, <laughs> in doing that uh, because that clearly wasn't the audience that they were writing to or yeah. writing for. Yeah, children is like Big Bird and Elmo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, like innocent, yeah. you know, learn your ABCs and your one, two, threes and your math stuff. But, you know, uh, Joker, who wants to uh, destroy, you know, parts of civilization. Right. Ain't the right thing. you. Want <laughs> yeah, that, that's not really what you want to ch children uh, reading, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't even know where he's getting that from. So that, that's interesting. Uh, I, I never knew that, by the way. Uh, but I, I didn't know. I don't know where Gavin's getting that from. But if he's saying that, yeah, that's completely that's just a historical. That's not like anything that's uh, and every writer would tell you that. Like, that's not that's not ever what we were intending to do. That's not what we what we try to do now. You know what I mean? That's not that's not what it is. And if it is, if it's just, it's pretty obvious, like they, they may do like a a a children book with the characters but that's it's clearly a children's book but the main hell i got a bunch of them over here like these ain't these ain't the motherfuckers the ones that's for for the kids like these are just these are for your your and most guys that are at the comic book shop every wednesday are, are grown-ass adults and they know that and, and and you let's say you read some of these comic books as kids they hit different when you oh were my god dude this is what i was talking about with american uh with the x-men animated series like i read because it came on disney plus now and I'm rewatching that shit like and the level the layers to it is like mind blowing. I'm like, I don't even remember this shit being like this. And and, you know, watching it when Fox, Fox Kids, when I was a, a kid, like it's like completely different. It's a completely different experience when you see like the dynamic between, uh, you know, Magneto and Professor X or, you know, that relationship and, you know, how they deal with, you know, death in their in, in, in their in the squad and the actual x-men and and those different sorts of ego like that's complex complexity to that that you just don't even pick up when you are a, a a kid so you're you're completely right even if you did read it as a a book as a kid or watched even one of these like peak and batman batman the animated uh series is another good one even if you watched any of those it's like watch them again as an adult read another book as an adult it hit completely different Hey, completely different. Yo, every July, great fucking talk, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, obviously, you're going to be back in the future. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, so everybody, his uh, link is in the description box below. Uh, so you can go ahead and follow him on Twitter. I know most of you already do. Uh, follow his band. They got the new song out, The Great Equalizer. It's available on YouTube. So make sure you plug in, especially your metal fan. Uh, Erjula, thank you. Be safe. Best of luck to you. And maybe we end up working on um, co-opting the Libertarian Party. <laughs> yeah, bro. We'll be in contact about that, man. All right, brother. Be safe.